This episode is brought to you by Tone Vai and Neil Veavea. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. Okay. Would you rather give head in public or eat ass in public? <laughs> Just breathe. If you can answer it fresh what, off top. What, what have you done both? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an option. <laughs> You're like, which did I like better? <laughs> but no, we're, we're talking about in public. Like, how would you like... If like you, Dolores yeah. Park in public? A- anywhere public. It's just like public. Like, well, you out well, there. Well, public could also mean that nobody's around, but it's That's out. That's true. Out it's, it, just answer it accordingly. Like, would you rather be caught giving head in public or eating ass in public? That's it. Oh, now we're being caught. <laughs> That's not what you asked. Okay. Yeah. Would you rather <laughs> you said give it. head in public? There you go. <laughs> or get head in public, not give. Did I say give? Oh, you changed it? You changed no, give. It? No, would you rather give? There you go. Not yeah. get. See, I get is easy. Would you rather give <laughs> head or... Lay back. So, hold on. You guys are confusing me. See, confusing don't ask yourself. no questions. Don't ask no questions. Just answer. Okay. Would you rather give head in public or eat the moolie in public? <laughs> uh, give head. Mmm... Please enlighten us. Come on. You would rather just be caught giving head? I'm, it's, I'm, it's not, you didn't say anything about being caught. <laughs> oh, you don't care about getting caught. Okay. No, I do care about getting caught. I'm smart <laughs> about just, my shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, it's, it's gone down. All right. Give oh, head. You rather give head in public? Mm-hmm. What's the reason why? I mean, logistically, I'm like, like, I don't know if I got caught giving head in public. You just sit up. (laughs) (laughs) I just check in the temperature. (laughs) I dropped something on the floor. (laughs) What about you, partner? Um, What you do last night? (laughs) Which one of those did you do last night? (laughs) (laughs) You ate the groceries, huh? <laughs> Tom, is there any way we can like bleep that out? <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather get caught. I don't know. I'd rather be eating ass in public. How come? Oh, because if I do get caught, I can just say I was sniffing her ass. <laughs> so it's like I was just giving. I was just giving her an enema. <laughs> Just checking on the status of that hemorrhoid. <laughs> small kind, small kind. Would you rather? Mm-hmm. Do you ever? Do you ever? Would, would you rather, Rita? Yeah, mine's actually also in public. Oh. Um, would you rather take a shit between two cars or <laughs> pee your pants on Bart? Oh. <laughs> uh. I see it one more time. I'd rather take a shit in between two cars. I know. I could, I, I you know, I would, the, the, the instinct would come in to know how to do that. If you just fucking pee your pants and bark, that's all bad, bro. Jeez. Yeah, I second that motion. 
<laughs> At least you're in between shit, two man. cars <laughs> and you're discreet. You just fucking. No, he should have said in between two cars at the flea market where <laughs> <laughs> there's constant traffic. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I have one more question. This one's kind of like... Wait, wait, wait. Wait, okay. wait, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, so you said... Yeah, you I said the thing? same thing, yeah. What about you, Ruto? I would also take a shit between two cars. <laughs> I'm like, in and out. Yeah, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So you got another one? <sighs> this one's this this going pretty, pretty fast. This one's pretty... This one's good, I think. Okay. Would you rather do three years for your partner or let your partner do 10 years in prison? The fuck? Who's the partner? You're, you're, let's just say you're a romantic partner, like your actual partner. Like, pretend, put yourself in them. I'm like your toxic partner. Your no, partner that obviously, obviously, <laughs> no obviously not your toxic partner. Like, let's just, like your actual partner, partner, like your ride or die partner. Mm-hmm. Like, would you rather do three years for them or let them do the 10 years? If that's my ride or die, my love of my life, three years. Ooh. Yeah, I would do three years. Damn. See Baby boy, bye. Ten years, go, <laughs> honey. We're getting uh, like we're gonna on. <laughs> You're not my partner no more, honey. <laughs> it's over. It really is, yeah. honey. Bye. We I got I got the children. We'll visit you sometimes. Bye. See, you guys are you guys are loyal, loyal to the soil. Yeah. Dang. That's just. I mean, because you're. I'm just. You know, I'm talking about your partner, like. Yeah. I mean, and then the way Ruta put it with the whole. Love of your life, ride or die. But what if it was like, love of your life, but that, that the reason why they got locked up was, was the very thing that you just warned them about. Like, man, I told you, I gave you so many warnings to okay, so stop well, doing that different. fuck shit. See, but yeah. But yet they're still your ride or die. Like, but you, you were the one that just like. Well, what? boundaries. If, if that was like, because the way that you put it, I'm like, okay. Three years for me, ten years for them. What's the circumstance? If it's because they did some stupid shit, I'd be like, "Okay, that's on you." Boundaries. Mm. I'm learning. Your answer doesn't change. How you're, it's still like. Yeah, I, I would just do the three. I don't want to unpack it too much. <laughs> you don't. It's all to. hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna have a partner, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> not worried about it. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, welcome to For the Cultures Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bex Bumble. What it do, Kaipo? It's your host, D-Boy. Hey, and we are excited because we have an amazing guest in our studio today. In hey. our presence. Loud and clear. We actually got to hang out with her a few days. Dang, we, we had the privilege to hang out with you, like, FaceTime mm-hmm. yesterday. I felt like, D-Boy, did you, did you do some extra hanging out, like, weeks oh. prior? Well, we always get to hang out on Fridays because we're always at Samoan language true. class over there at Two Six Church. Mm-hmm. Blessed. Shout out to Tamar. Mm-hmm. Blessed. Yes, but in the studio with us is Ruta Lauleva Iono, right? Mm-hmm. See, my Samoan is kind of jacked up a little bit, so it's nah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. It's getting better. I need mm-hmm. I need to start coming to class now, yep. now that I don't have a. Job. <laughs> <laughs> now that now that Tiki Peas is mm-hmm. done, done, uh, released boom, me. Boom, and but yeah, welcome to the studio, Ruta. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We're hey. happy to have you. It's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I heard like your roommate has a a, a strong connection with Danny Boy. Yeah, they're best friends. Oh, cause she's just badass. <laughs> shout yeah. out, shout out, Pods LP. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky. So let me just kind of give you guys a little quick bio of Ruta. So Ruta is a deeply sensitive soul whose life 
whose life's work is to serve her community. She work she works as a doula, full spectrum birth and loss attendant. Uh, her she's also a flower essence practitioner and. She's a community herbalist. I think that's my favorite one right there. (laughs) Uh, She loves to support individuals by holding container for transformation and connecting them with the tools and resources to be empowered in their own process. Bitch, what the (laughs) fuck you, bitch? You just, uh, I can't wait. This is is definitely a very unique bio. Mm, I mean, even just from the the jump off, right? It says, Ruta is a sensitive soul I'm like, sensitive soul i have to put myself on blast like that you know i'm like shit why do i need to advertise that but it's true i, yeah, I think if you true. call it out you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's 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 like allowing folks to know you deeply mm-hmm. to see you deeply that you're not just existing here um hella you know free you know just with no purpose or right and kind of give like your definition of what sensitive is because i know sometimes <clears throat> when people hear sensitive or even when i used to understand the word sensitive i used to think oh she's fragile mm. or she's like you know weak yeah weak right. yeah but what do you what are you wanting to say when you say she's a sensitive soul yeah i mean when i say sensitive i feel like it means i feel everything you know in the mm. way that i feel like all of us feel everything but you know, when we were just talking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I feel like when I call that out, I'm, like, giving permission in a certain mm. way. Not that it's mine to give, but, you know, where I'm like, yeah, I'm hella sensitive. I'm going to walk into a room and feel all the shit. And it's something for me, too, where I'm, like, trying to remember that about myself. Yesterday we were talking about, you know, walking into a room and being like, oh, shit, I feel awkward. I feel weird, you know, mm. and really trying to untangle. No, I feel like everyone's shit right now. I feel that person just had a hard day. That person's mad at the person sitting next to them. Mm. This person is, like, really happy. You know, it's all this stuff. But when I say sensitive, I mean, like, sensitive and, like, I'm feeling all the mm. things. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a super empath, mm-hmm. I believe you called it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's powerful. Mm-hmm. What, are you feeling anything on this right now? Well... <laughs> <laughs> She's been with us for a minute, so she's been feeling that shit since yesterday. Mm-hmm. Holy spirit. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we have Ruta in the studio with us. We're going to dig into a lot of great conversations. But first and foremost, we like to just get to a place of grounding. Mm-hmm. This is where we get to, like, awaken and activate our spiritualities. And, yeah, like, Ruta, we normally do it on our own, but when we have a guest, mm-hmm. we like to ask them if they would like to use that opportunity to mm-hmm. ground us. And being how you're this like community herbalist and this <laughs> oh, shit. sensitive soul pressure, sensitive soul. <laughs> I'm like rub a dub dub. Thanks for the god. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, no, God. We would we would love. Mm-hmm. And you could do you, you know we always tell us. folks like it doesn't have to be a prayer or any, yeah, yeah. you know anything. Um, what you normally would think of, right? It could mm-hmm. be a, mm-hmm. a mantra, passage. Yeah, because last last week quote. Alex Alex did um Alex he did a some some breathing techniques and really just kind of just allowed us just inhale exhale and mm-hmm. just kind of like silence our mind. So that was like a new one. <clears throat> we didn't do that. But. Mm-hmm. That was pretty dope too. Yeah. Having that moment and some breath work. When mm-hmm. I was listening to the episode, it was like just silent for a minute. And I was like, that's what's up. Yeah. You know, just silence on the podcast. Yeah. I know. That was really good. <clears throat> yes, buddy. <clears throat> okay, well, let's all put our feet on the floor. 
Uh, Mother, Father, Creator, thank you for this day, another day to be here in community, to be here to enjoy this earth, the sky, the wind on our faces, the water that we drink, the water that sustains us. Um, all of our ancestors, benevolent spirits and guides, please be here with us today to guide and protect us. Um, bring us to the things, to the conversations, to the understandings so that we may be working towards our highest purpose. Um, guide and protect us today as we move through this podcast and move through the rest of our day. May all people that are listening to this um, be also guided and protected by their highest spirits and ancestors. Thank you. <clears throat> ay, ay, ay. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank I, I feel centered. Yeah. Especially, uh, I took my silipa off and <laughs> put my actual feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you want us to take off our shoes and do it? Oh, no, it's okay. I'm still wearing my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. that was... So do you like that, Ruta? Do you, do you go by other nicknames or is it just Ruta? People have a lot of nicknames for me. I go by Ruta. I'm also trying to like go more by Ruta La Leva, especially like as I introduce myself. Mm. Um, but people call me all kinds of things. Roots. I Ru love calling you Roots. <laughs> I like Roots. Roots and culture. <laughs> Dang, that Rasta voice <laughs> came out skank. strong. <laughs> and the yeah. Made me think of Mikey Dread. <laughs> oh, man. That's what's up. Well... Should I lead us into my braille? You know, there you go. <laughs> There's the release. Bruh, I think we all got the same braille, mm -hmm. right? Especially because we was out um, over there at UC Berkeley hey. yesterday. We was at a demonstration for Mauna Kea. Mm -hmm. And everything that's just happening over at the Mauna, right, all, right. all of our um, Native Hawaiian folks and many other folks, you know, who are there in support just mm -hmm. um, protect you know, fighting and protecting for the land. I seen, I seen a post that said um, that folks are not protesting, right? They're protecting. Yeah, yeah, they're protectors. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's deep. Mm -hmm. We need a shirt like that. Yeah. We need protesters, protectors. Mm -hmm. But just the whole, yeah. That's, I, I feel like we were kind of talking about this, right? It's all a collective breath for this. Yeah. This week and just where. The attention has been, you know, I really love seeing the fact that, like, there's so much of uh, coverage mm. around all things happening with Mauna Kea on social media because it's not on the news, right? right. <clears throat> At least here. Right. At least here on the continent. Um, right. So. <sighs> <clears throat> and it's important, too, that the social media coverage, because, like, I was just reading that article where the governor of Hawaii is saying you know, using this, like, respectability politics lens to be like, oh, the, the quote-unquote protesters, these people up on the Mauna, like, don't want to come and talk to us and have a, like, real conversation. They just want to be on social media spreading rumors, da-da-da. I'm like, it's important that people have that avenue so it's not filtered through all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, mm. honestly, fuck the respectability politics of you need to come to the table and have an appropriate conversation because I'm like, well, what's appropriate about what y'all are doing? Mm. Exactly. And why don't you fucking take your asses over there to the Mauna mm -hmm. with the people <clears throat> and hear the people? They right. want, they want, they want the people to come to them. Mm -hmm. And when they come to them, they, they don't even listen. Right. 
They they hide <laughs> in their offices and shit like right. that. And fuck that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. For, first of all, uh, a big, the big. Uh, f- we have, we don't do this all the time. We, we the last time we did this was uh, for Falau. Uh, what's <clears throat> his name? Oh, Iggy Falau. Yeah, Iggy Falau. He was the 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 form of the week. Little fucking. I mean, but the form of shit, just this week, this month, this year, forever is fucking David Ige. Inge? I don't know how you say that shit. But this, he's the governor of Hawaii and he Mm. has declared a state of emergency, which gives, which gives the power to like bring in all of, you know, these forces to Mm -hmm. force, you know, the native Hawaiian folks who are uh, protecting the Mauna to use force against them to get them out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, and just all the coverage that we've been seeing on, you know, all of our timelines and shit like that. It's just, it's so emotional uh, for one, I, I feel, because, man, just seeing how the, the kupuna, right, mm-hmm. that el- the elders put their bodies on the line for, you know, for protecting this Mauna. Mm-hmm. And so you see them on the front lines, you see them sacrificing themselves um, and linking themselves to to like a, a, a human barricade, right? To really keep, to keep folks out. And the, it's not necessarily the, the police, but it's, you know, it, it's like in Fort Law Enforcement mm-hmm. coming in and removing the Kupuna from the, from the lands, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. And just seeing just seeing all of that is kind of just you know. Yeah. Gut wrenching. Mhm. You know to see our elders. So the donkey of the day goes to who? David what? Ige. Ige. Yep. Is he is he Hawaiian? Man, <clears throat> I'm like let's talk about it because looking at him, he looks hella like Japanese probably. Like, I think that he's Hawaiian, mm-hmm. but he doesn't look like indigenous Hawaiian, right? Mm-hmm. And looking at him, I was getting, you know, I was just having all these feelings because I'm like, okay, dude, you're Hawaiian, but what does it mean when you're not listening to indigenous people? Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I'm like, your family maybe has been there for hella long, but y'all are not indigenous to this land. Right. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you don't have the same relationship. And so to be aligning himself with like the colonizing forces and the corporate uh, interests, I'm like, fuck you. Right. What mm. are you doing? You know? <clears throat> Just really quick, uh, for those of you who are not really current and caught up with the Protect Mauna Kea, uh, Mauna Kea is a mountain located on the big island of Hawaii, and it has a profound sacred significance to Native Hawaiians. Uh, traditionally, the summit was only visited for ceremonial purposes. Uh, there are 13 telescopes on the summit of Mauna Kea. Uh, the 30-meter telescope, TMT, would be built on an untouched... <clears throat> excuse me, pristine northern plateau of Mauna Kea. So the University of Hawaii, who manages the TMT, has mismanaged Mauna Kea in the past. Uh-huh. Government officials are putting the water supply of Hawaii, of Hawaii Island's resident at risk, and government officials are attempting to erase Native Hawaiians' rights to engage in cultural practices reserved by law. The state of Hawaii does not have clear title to Mauna Kea or legitimate rights to determine uh, who can use it. And uh, I think uh, one of the things that uh, I really loved that the Berkeley students gave was uh, they said, who are the investors of the TMT? Mm -hmm. And the investors are University of California, 
California Institute of Technology, which is Caltech, and Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to UC Berkeley and the students who <clears throat> passed out that that flyer to give us, mm-hmm. you know, give us the rundown. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't this isn't new, you know. Like this has been happening. I think it was uh, I read that in two thousand nine, Mauna Kea was chosen as the place for the TMT. The TMT is the thirty meter telescope. Right, right. right. It's that big ass. So it's like a picture of this big ass telescope um, that's said to stories. be eighteen stories mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and since it's you know since it was chosen in two thousand nine, uh, I think. Um, it was mentioned yesterday from the the young the young um, organizer who was leading the demonstration said that um, you know a lot of a lot of the native Hawaiian folks and non-native Hawaiian were out there uh, protecting and and uh, rallying and showing up way back in like 2015 mm-hmm. you know because that's when the um, they were supposed to start right. putting it all together and right. putting mm-hmm. this plan into action, and you know the the community has shown up mm-hmm. and and um, spoken mm-hmm. up and you know fought to protect Mauna Kea, mm-hmm. and you know the the fight is still continuing right now as we're seeing with all this coverage, and it's just yeah, that's all right, bro. And it's such a it's such an issue of like indigenous sovereignty. You know, right, right, right. Where the the bottom line of who gets to make decisions about the land, right? You know, and it, just the world that we live in, when corporate interests get to continue to do that, you know, and it's like they just recently started construction on this again. My understanding is that they did this because they passed some bill in the Hawaii Congress that mm. said, "Okay, we're going to do it." Mm. I'm like, "Who did you talk to? Right. Each other?" Like. <laughs> You know, and and not checking in with that. And then, I don't know, it's just, it's wild to me. Like, I can't even say that I'm surprised. I'm sure none of us are surprised, shocked, disappointed, whatever. But it's just so deeply painful to be in this place where it's like, we see how corporate interests are are destroying the earth, you know. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things that came through um, from the ways that people were talking about Mauna Kea is like, you know, when we were talking about this, like, you treat the earth like you treat your grandmother, mm. you know, and the organizer yesterday was really saying that again. And that's it. That's indigenous people everywhere. Right. right? right. Like we we owe the organizer yesterday was saying we owe this um, respect and like caretaking to the forces that caretake us. Right. Yeah. Right, right. But then we said yesterday too. also look at how some people treat their grandmothers, mm-hmm. you know, look at how certain aspects of, of especially the dominant culture in the United States, how we treat elderly people right right? how we treat our resources and 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 even the significance of like they want to they were talking yesterday about how much erosion is happening on the top of the mountain Mm -hmm. already Mm -hmm. from the 13 telescopes that exist up there and they're like looking into space want to look 13 billion years in the past look 13 billion years in the future i'm like what about about right right now yeah Yeah. what about right the fuck now right and on my like to you know, to be transparent, like conspiracy theory tip, I'm like, mm. y'all are just trying. You want to say that it's to look in the past, but I know you fucking rich people are like, let's see where else we can move after right, we right, like, destroy right, the shit. Right, right. I'm just like, no. See, this was there was a lot of deliberation, right, about um, placing the telescope there on Mauna Kea, and they they said that it would provide astronomers 
opportunities to better uh, observe planets, mm-hmm. stars, galaxies, and black holes. Mm-hmm. Mm. I got a black hole mm. for you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Stick your tongue right up in that motherfucker. <laughs> Go back to the would you rather eat that shit in public, bitch. <laughs> but like, and there, and that was that was another interesting element at the demonstration yesterday is that um, the organizer had folks who were from the different departments within the institution mm. at UC Berkeley uh, to come and speak up who are in support of protecting mm-hmm. uh, Mauna Kea. Right. Right. And I don't know, it was really, it was just really interesting to learn that UC, the UC, is it the UC system or is it UC Berkeley specifically that is the investor? It's the, it's the University of California. Oh, the University of yeah. California. So all the universities of mm-hmm. California mm-hmm. are all putting money towards this. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was just really, um, what's the word? I don't know. There was so much mana in the fact that mm-hmm. like our Pacific Islander students who are students there and, and other, other, uh, on other campuses were there in support of trying to do something to, to, uh, to stand up, right, and mm-hmm. be in solidarity right. and to show, as they were saying, you know, to show aloha to right. all of all of our all of our brothers and sisters out there on the front lines, right? Yeah. And even our elders, the mm-hmm. kupuna. Yeah. And I don't know. It was just it was just so many feels. It was yeah, so many right. feels yesterday. Mm-hmm. Especially even to be at the demonstration, you know, it's like right, right. thinking about what we can do here, mm-hmm. right? Just looking at the timeline and shit, it's just like, you know, having that that kind of spirit of like you want to be there and you want to you want to help some way mm-hmm. right and shout out to jason momoa he's been covering this whole story been yeah it's, it's been powerful. ever ever since ever since uh back like 2015 when they mm-hmm. was out there when this all started and you know even before that he's very vocal right in terms of uh protecting sacred you know sacred land i think that was something too that came up is just Acknowledging the fact that this is a sacred mm-hmm. uh, space for Native Hawaiians that was that's very connected, you know, to just Hawaiian traditions mm-hmm. and Hawaiian culture. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like we learned that there was thirteen other telescopes, right. you know, on this place. So for this one, they want to build a fourteenth one, right. and the the people are standing up mm-hmm. and saying, "We will not let you. Right, right. We right. will not allow you. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. putting our bodies on the line. We're putting our lives on the line." First, there was all the kupuna who got uh, taken out, who got arrested. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Like, oh, okay. Let's talk about, because um, I, I got to watch the videos, right? Mm-hmm. And how the law enforcement, they were just, it was different. It was different. There was just something very powerful yeah. about the law enforcement there. They were just walking alongside, no pressure, no force, yeah. just walking alongside of the elders, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and just allowing them to talk, allowing them to just still empower the people. Like, that was... Very different mm-hmm. and very it's, empowering to see. And and some of those folks, some of those uh, law enforcement that were taking the kapuna out were actually Native Hawaiians right, themselves. Right, right. You know, and it, it's kind of like when you see the, the whole scene play out, it, yeah. it's kind of like, fuck, there's just so many layers, right? Right. All rooted and centered in like coloniza- colonization, right? right? right. Yeah. And uh, power right. and oppression, right? That are that there's our people who work in for these institutions mm-hmm. that 
dehumanize their own kind. Right, right. Yeah, one of the most intense videos I saw was um, this presumably Native Hawaiian woman person that was uh, reading out the, I forget exactly what it was saying, but it was basically like, y'all need to clear out. This Mm. is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. And then she switched over to speaking in, uh, in, Hawaiian. in Hawaiian, I don't know the the term for like Hawaiian language, but in speaking in Hawaiian, and everyone gets so riled up, and that was so emotional to watch. Yeah, because they're just like, "Shame on you! What the fuck are you doing?" You know, and it's just, I feel like it it is so many layers, and it's so intense because yeah. it's just like, dang, to be that person, and like to be the person that's reading the thing. You know, and that deep level of colonization and that deep level of of dehumanization. Um, And then also, just to be honest, breaking that fallacy of changing the system from within. Right. (laughs) I'm like, you know, I don't know about all that, honestly. I'm going to out myself, but I'm like, I don't know about all that. And I I hella feel you on that, too, because, you know, there has been uh, just being in community work right, Mm -hmm. and doing a lot of organizing. Folks say, you know, like they'd rather be. Um, on the front lines, they would they they never want to be a part of any institution, any establishment, mm-hmm. and they're out there fighting and working right, and they make mm-hmm. they make it work that way. Mm-hmm. Especially like a lot of the folks doing nonprofit work, right? right. Um, but then there are there is that idea that like oh well, you, we can do more change if we get into those spaces, mm-hmm. if we get into those institutions. But what's really hard is that there's such a stronghold around people's necks and people's livelihoods yeah. mm-hmm. that like right. you're forced to kind of Right. Choose, right? Like, right. do you survive? Do you live another day? Or right. do you fucking put your life on the line? Right. 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 Well, number one, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. Hey. Right? And two, like, you know, it's just so hard because capitalism has us all fucked up, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. whole thing of like, well, those people have a job. You know, they always want to. And even with the TMT, they're like, Oh, but this was going to provide jobs in the community. I'm like, well, why do people like why are people impoverished in the first? Are we going to talk about the elephant in the room that is mm, capitalism and colonization? Or right. Are you just going to be like, these people need jobs. Right, they right. need jobs. Y'all are mm. fucked up for taking jobs away. And I'm like, <clears throat> well, no. Yes. Wait. It's bigger than fucking people having jobs. It right, is. Right? It's like, the sacredness of right. a people's <clears throat> culture, tradition. Let me share with you guys a tweet that I just read that is just um screenshot and save because I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's from Nolani Goodyear. She said, at the, Hilo, at the Hilo airport, I'm seeing dozens of young men from American Samoa as part of the mobilization mm-hmm. of, na- of National Guard forces. At Government Hawaii is putting Polynesians against one another. Yeah. My heart mm. is so heavy. Yeah. Mm. And it you know, I mean, then we get into talking about the militarization right. of not only our islands, but our people. Right. Right. Like this is one thing of many mm-hmm. in the Pacific. Right. Like dividing the Pacific in order for them to conquer it. It's mm-hmm. like oh, they, crazy. That was colonization. Right. Right. You know what right. I mean? the, the perfect example to look at is uh, Western Samoa and Eastern Samoa mm-hmm. and how there was just this, you know, generations of fighting and, and war right. amongst the na- the indigenous people of those lands, mm-hmm. the British, mm-hmm. uh, who else? Germans. Germans yeah. And New the Sela fucking Americans. And the Americans. And mm-hmm. New Zealand government. Yes, all of those. But I love the story of in 1889 <gasps> when all those fucking motherfuckers were parked in Apia Harbor. Mm. Yeah. Getting ready to come have a fight. And I love it because it's like, 
you know, the hurricane came, right? But mm. what I was reading was that the Samoans, and Samoans are smart, and they will fuck with you, too, mm. especially if you're not from there. And so I'm just imagining, you know, all the boats are parked in the harbor and stuff, and the Samoans know, oh, there's a tsunami coming. There's some big kind of storm coming. And they're like, no, you're cool. <laughs> now cool. you're good. It's going to set up, set up camps. <laughs> yeah, you're good. And then, and nature, the ocean, like, our home was like, nope. Uh-huh. Mm. out and just came and destroyed all those warships and they were mm. about to have a big fight right. over Samoa and fuck us up mm. you know and I'm just like yes nature come through you know yes. yeah because I remember uh, hearing or learning that Samoa was was or was or is used for fueling stations right back during you know like mm-hmm. the war and shit like that and just to have just to have these islands mm-hmm. you know it was it was um good for all these different countries that were at war with like Asia. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's just such a deep history that that's tied to so many things, but Oh, I just want to take a moment also. Cause I'm like, we forgot to do this in, in the opening prayer, but I just want to take a moment and shout mm-hmm. out all the indigenous people that are rising up against the forces of colonization and capitalism that keep mm-hmm. us oppressed, Word. that keep indigenous people oppressed, and that also keep fucking those idiots and white folks oppressed, even though they don't know it. And shout out and big love to all, to the land that we're on, to the Ohlone mm-hmm. people, yes. Wichim people that allow us to be here. Um, many thanks and gratitude and blessings to your ancestors, your fa- mm. your past and future ancestors, to all indigenous people, Pacifica people, indigenous people that are crossing the border every day, mm. um, escaping violence and oppression at the hands of, again, capitalism and colonization that are dealing with number 45's whack-ass policies. Um, much love and blessings to you on your journey. And just if we can all keep all of our indigenous people in our hearts and all of the people that are working to dismantle these systems of oppression daily in ourselves. May we have the strength and courage to take down these systems inside of ourselves, inside of our communities, and can that ripple outward, forward, and backwards in all time, in all space, so that we can be free. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for Thank bringing you so us much. back to that. Mm-hmm. That was refreshing. <laughs> I, I feel like that was such an, that's such an important um, element that mm. is always addressed when indigenous people are are fighting to protect what is theirs and what has been theirs for generations, right? Is this fact that, like, it, yes, we're going through this right now, mm-hmm. and so many other people are going through so many other things, mm-hmm. and we all need to show up for each other, yep. right? We all need to stand in solidarity for each other. We need to uh, make life decisions and life choices that... Mm-hmm. That uh, don't only impact us, but impact all indigenous people, all people who are under the threat of extinction, shit, right? Of death, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, shit. Just even thinking about all those those people who are in the concentration camps mm-hmm. here in the U.S., right? Like mm-hmm. just calling that shit out again. Mm-hmm. All attributed to forty five and his whack ass, bullshit ass, oppressive ass policies, you mm-hmm. know, and just fuck all you ice agents out there. <laughs> fuck ice. Fuck, fuck them all. Y'all. Let's play the, the Tupac song. <laughs> fuck all y'all. Fuck all y'all. Shit mm-hmm. for real. Hey, but right like the perfect statement right now for us to kind of land on is what Daisha posted. Like don't let the Mao 
be uh, or don't let the mom or you you actually said it. Don't let the mom movement be my mom. Mm-hmm. You that's, that? that's Deja. Yeah, yeah, Deja. But mm-hmm. no, but you reframed it just like the Mao movement because she said don't let the Mao. But I thought that was powerful. Mm-hmm. That she, was... No, she wrote that in her. Oh, did cap- she? she the the saying the quick saying is don't let the Mao be Mao. Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't let don't let the Mao movement be a, a waste. Don't let it be worth nothing. Right. All the fighting that our people did right. in Samoa in the Mao. Um, don't let it be my mouth. <laughs> but, Dang, it's like I kind of want you want to go in a little bit further. It's just kind of throwing a little monkey mm-hmm. ratchet. But there was another thing that she posted from Afrotania about like um, how you gonna um, okay maybe I'm like totally messing this up. But how you gonna kick out or reject your gay son, but yet keep your your child molesting family member in mm-hmm. there? Oh no, that was somebody else. That oh, was, was uh, his name was his name is uh, on Instagram. It's River Jordan. Oh yeah, but do you remember how it was? Framed? That's a whole. That's a whole another. That's a whole another conversation. That's a whole another conversation. Yeah, that one was I, really, really, really deep. When mm-hmm. he posted, I was like, "Wow." Well, and and that's like it's a whole another conversation, but it's also this like giant ass conversation of like how do we divest from our colonized selves you know this painful process like we were talking about it even talking about birth stuff it gets so touchy Mm. you know like these places where we're deeply colonized in ourselves and then want to inadvertently like hold each other back because if you get free you're shining your light it's going to shine light on my shit yeah you know and and that like irritation that comes from noticing the places where like i'm either like dissociated or in so much pain that, you know, just these places in myself where I've had to, like, accept and, like, create, like, bravado around, like, I don't give, I don't even fucking care. Right. You know, like, right. I'm I'm not worried about it. I'm going to kick out my gay son. I'm not. And or these people, like, you know, who have this mentality of, like, oh, I'm different than the people that are crossing the border. Mm-hmm. You know, like, right. brown people that are, like. Oh, these people that are coming in illegally, da 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 da, da and it's like, dang, you know. Mm-hmm. And we have to like have compassion for those places, but how do we work through them? Because it's it it really comes back to that like deep seated shame, you know, shame of like accepting this and mm-hmm. like mm, doing things to have to like cope with that pain, mm. yeah. right? Yeah, but I want to I want to just bring it back to. The bruh, you know, like mm-hmm. how yeah, we we're yeah, just yeah. discussing all of the all things Monakia, like to see so much support as well mm-hmm. um, on my timeline from folks, you know, who are not who are not um, able to be in Hawaii. There's a lot of demonstrations right. happening, right? There's actually one today, um, today being Saturday, um, at Stanford. Okay, right? There's one happening at Stanford, and so all these just different demonstrations happening to stand in solidarity and show love for all of our folks on the front line, uh, you know, at Mount Akea. Um, I I want to, I also want to do what you called out earlier, right? You called out um, just giving love Mm -hmm. to all indigenous Mm. folks, right? I want to, I want to take a moment Mm. to recognize and, and uh, lift up, all of the folks who have, you know, laid their, who are standing out there laying their lives on the line mm-hmm. to be at the Mauna, to protect the Mauna, to speak up against mm. all of the forces that are trying to disrupt and dis... <sighs> the, you know, just, just trying to fuck shit up, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
you know, shout out to all the kupuna mm. off top, right? Like, I think yeah. that for me has just really been the biggest, the biggest eye-opening thing. You know, I'm, I'm really feeling it in my heart to see all of our elders out there mm-hmm. on the front lines. That's mm-hmm. not something that we see every day. Mm-hmm. And also, just here in the diaspora, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many things that happen to folks in our community, um, and we don't, I don't, I don't, we don't necessarily see our elders show up in that way. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. facts. You know, and so to see them out there putting their bodies on the on the front lines, you know, and being dragged out, um, being carried out, mm-hmm. being forced out to not you know not protect their land to see them to see their hands bound with zip ties and to call out you know to us younger generations uh to keep fighting and mm-hmm. keep standing mm. and that is you know just it's powerful mm-hmm. it's a call to action mm-hmm. it's our what did they call it it's our kuleana. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's what that's what uh, Sis was saying last night. The organizer just, you know, kuleana is more than just our responsibility. Mm. It's our commitment. You know, mm-hmm. for the, um, for all of, all of our ancestors, all of the, all of the people who have paved the way behind us and all the people who are coming up mm-hmm. and have yet to come up in mm. front of us. Mm-hmm. And so we must all stand. Mm-hmm. You know, and show up, speak up, and follow in the kupuna's footsteps. Mm-hmm. And so I just, yeah, I just wanted to <sighs> acknowledge that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I appreciated last night, too. Well, one, also shout out to indigenous people showing up for indigenous Word. people. Because it's tight to have elders of this land, you know, people whose ancestry runs Deep, 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 deep here. Right, a lot of Show Native up. Americans. Yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to all the folks who came through. And acknowledging that, like, all our mountains are connected. All our waters are connected. The air, you know, the winds on our faces is all connected. Mm. And I appreciated that the one elder that spoke that, you know, put out prayers to for the people that are fucking shit up. Let their minds be cleared. Mm. You know, let these ideas be, like, washed away from them, too. Right. You know, obviously not too much energy in that direction because we have to focus on ourselves, but also remembering you know let that shit be cleared out of them yeah um so that we can really be right in the ways that we know that's right mm-hmm. and and there's a there's a woman i know um or there's a there's a person i know who is on the front lines out there is a, it, this person's name is uh, jamaica osario mm-hmm uh, really recognized uh, in terms of just their um, activism, their their poetry. Um, they did a video, and we're just keeping you know keeping us all updated mm-hmm. in terms of what's happening because they're on the front line as well. Um, Jamaica had um, J- Jamaica was one of the folks who were out there, you know, chained, laying their bodies down, right. um, and Jamaica says something really important that shows just how aloha doesn't only is not only regarded for those who are protecting and speaking mm. up, but it's also like you said for mm-hmm. those um, who are 
you know, in law enforcement and things like that, right? And that the 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 fight and the issue is not with law enforcement itself. It's with the whole illegal occupation mm-hmm. of Haole, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. occupying native land mm-hmm. there in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because it all ties back to how um, Hawaii was stolen mm-hmm. by the U.S., mm-hmm. right? And which led to all this... Mm-hmm. Um, all of this to where we are now, mm. you know, because not only is not only is this the issue, right? But there's such an there's there's like such a big issue with so many folks, you know, like thinking that Hawaii is this place to vacation, right, mm-hmm. right, right. This place for tourism, uh, this land that exists for them to. Extract pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Right. extract pleasure and to check out of what their normal, mm-hmm. you know, their their normal, their regular schmegler ass life is. Right, right, right. To go over there and just be in this lap of luxury, right, mm-hmm. in this paradise. Mm-hmm. Right, right. right. This, like, I'm, I'm doing the air quotes. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> really and truly, like, paradise is a fallacy. There's no fucking mm-hmm. paradise. I'm like, Gangsta's paradise. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm like, paradise is a fallacy because this Western way of thinking is that there's only one way that we move forward. Right. You know, paradise is an endpoint. And for indigenous people, this like cyclical thought process, like, yeah, paradise exists because people have been fucking taking care of this place for thousands of years. Mm. Right. You know, even in California, like we are still reaping the benefits of indigenous people tending the land here Mm -hmm. since time immemorial and creating all this fertility you know and laying down their prayers at the mountains and laying down their prayers and their work Mm. and their blood and their sweat and their tears and their you know their their families like in this land and you know indigenous land management rematriate the land y'all like Mm. give land back there's a um i don't know how to pronounce it the so um so go land trust there's a land trust you can pay your land taxes to indigenous people in the Bay Area. Um, Yeah, let me look it up real quick on Instagram. But there are ways that you can pay back to the people who have put down labor for this land, indigenous people and also black folks. What's up, reparations? Let's fucking do it because these are the people that actually know how to take care of the land and take care of our communities, you know. Um, But it's deep work. That's for sure. Pana, you got that paper? Because yeah. I think something that is very helpful, you know, just for, you know, all of y'all listening out there, wanting to figure out how we can uh, contribute to the cause, right? There's so many different ways in which we contribute, not only by holding and being part of demonstrations, um, but also getting the word out, right? Also sending our mana and our love through continuous posts, on social media, right, to really um, show our solidarity, make sure that, you know, folks are knowledgeable about what's happening. You know, what was really special yesterday, too, is that there was a young kid who came up to us um, mm. who was in a program at UC Berkeley. He's got to be, you know, um, he's got to be under 18, right? <laughs> I thought he was a student there. But he was just asking, like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And so we got to give him a little, you know, a little explanation of what was happening and give him one of these sheets and he was he was like okay i stand with that i stand with that Mm -hmm. you know just that right like just passing on that knowledge Mm -hmm. does a lot of 
work, especially to put it in the hands of young people. Mm-hmm. Um, so some things that uh, the organizers over at UC Berkeley um, put down on, on this uh, information sheet is ways in which we can continue to uplift the uplift this uh, story, this issue. Um, one thing that we can do is to email the partners of U- University of California Institute of Technology um, and all of the folks involved is to email their partners mm. um, and we'll be sure to put all of these uh, resources and emails on the, the episode's notes. Mm-hmm. Um, two is to tag on social media all of these different um, uh, news news sites for news news coverage, mm. and I believe there's a lot of hashtags um, related to this, right? Like protect Mauna Kea, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and also to call their partners, which right. will put all of this information in the uh, in the episode notes. But yeah. this is just uh, a few ways in which we can play a part in. Um, Showing up, showing up for those who are putting their lives um, on the line mm-hmm. and all the frontline runners. I think uh, one more thing that um, was mentioned yesterday is that folks can contribute to uh, different funds. We'll also put that in the notes to different uh, sites, to different um, uh, campaigns mm-hmm. that collect money to bail folks out who are who have been arrested right. for protecting the land. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was the Kapuna, the elders who were arrested first. And then uh, we learned yesterday that after that, they, they arrested a lot of women. Mm-hmm. And so this this demonstration and this protection is still happening. And there's going to be more coverage. And so we just got to continue to show up and um, play any part we can in protecting Mauna Kea. Mm-hmm. Send your prayers. Talk about it. Right. Uh, also, I found the, it's called the Sogoreate Land Trust oh. um, on Instagram. It's S-O-G-O-R-E-A-T-E Land Trust. Um, and you can go there and learn about uh, these people that are rematriating the land and you can pay some taxes to them for living on their so land. Dope. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe. Yeah, that bro was heavy. Maybe we can take. Two deep breaths. One deep breath to clear it, and one deep breath to send love and fortitude to the people out there on the Mona. Mm. Word. Let's do these deep breaths, and then we're going to take a break. Yeah. All right. So you want to lead us in these deep breaths? All right. So let's inhale and exhale all the shit that we just talked about. Okay, (laughs) let's go. And on this next one, we're going to inhale all the strength of our ancestors and our guiding spirits in the land and the ocean and the sun that love us and protect us. And with our exhale, send all of that love and fortitude to the Mauna. All right, here we go. Yeah. Power to the people. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. The Wayfinders Scholarship is a collaboration of the Wayfinders brand and scholars Levalasi Loyan and Andrew Vai. As Pacific Islander students in higher education, you have accepted your identity as a Wayfinder in pursuit of a college degree. As former students in higher education themselves, they founded the Wayfinders Scholarship 
to recognize your work and support you in your journey. The requirements for this scholarship are to be a current full-time undergraduate college student in California at a community college or university, be Pacific Islander, specifically Melanesian, Micronesian, and of Polynesian descent, have a cumulative GPA of 2.0 or higher, submit your application, transcripts, and video submission by August 31st, 2019. If you have any questions, please email them at wayfindersscholarship at gmail.com. And you can also follow at Fearless Wayfinders for more questions. To support, purchase gear online or send Venmo donations to at Jordan-Fihaki to support one of two $1,000 scholarships. All right, y'all. My ICU... For today goes out to an amazing duo. Um, I got the privilege to um, get some some oils from Polynesian CBD. I actually found them on um, Coconut TV. Mm-hmm. They, uh, someone did a story covered uh, Thor and his dad. They are uh, they both own this business with CBD oils, and even um, were you able to kind of look at they had their they sell weed, not just oil, right? Uh, I'm. I, I think sure. I think the well the only thing Thor and I have been talking about is just the oils because that's the only thing I'm interested mm-hmm. in. Uh, but I want to ICU them. Uh, and Thor kind of sent me a quick bio. He said, "My name is Thor Katoa, and I am one of the two owners of Polynesian CBD. We are a company that makes CBD health products for everyone. Our unique niche with our poly." Polynesian CBD products that separate us from the rest of our island twists we incorporate with our products. We want to hit the senses of our customers and we also and we want them to either taste, smell or see the island when using our products. Whether it is consuming our tropical fruit flavored tinctures or cracking open a jar of our coconut scented CBD pain cream. So yeah. Um I got the I just got my package last week, or was it two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They sent the oil, and I tried it, and it was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. What did good. it do? So, like, what are what is CBD oil? So, I mean, I don't really know what CBD <laughs> oil is. I just know that uh, it helps. What uh, when I read the description, it said it helps with like muscle pain. Mm-hmm. It definitely uh-huh. helps ease the pain. It's mm-hmm. not like it doesn't have no THC where you're about to get lit and right. high and where it alleviates pain, but do you know what CBD oil is? C- Do you know what to? Yeah, CBD, I mean, this is kind of the, like, whatever general thing, but my understanding is that CBD stands for cannabinoid, which Thank is... Yeah, there you, to, there you go, there you go. I don't know how to pronounce that <laughs> shit. I'm looking it up like, oh. Uh, it's the cannabinoid. So basically, they do something where they, like, separate out, because every plant has THC and there CBD, right? And so the CBD is the, like, medicinal aspect that mm-hmm. is... Anti-inflammatory, pain relieving, helps with anxiety, helps with insomnia. Um, you know, I at the store that I work at, people come in um, and use it for like seizure. You know, people that have right. um, disorders yeah, where yeah. they have seizures, um, for like pets with anxiety. You know, and so they do something where they like separate out the constituents and then put it back together. Mm, mm-hmm. That's good. 
But yeah, Thor and his father, they started this company because they got the opportunity and knew that they had to capitalize on it ASAP. The reason they are in this industry is uh, first because we are passionate about our CBD and the positive effects that it has on the human body. They felt mm-hmm. they felt that the need and obligation to not only show our Polynesian people their CBD products, but to educate them on this, on what uh, to educate them on the natural medicine, what natural medica- medicine can do. Yeah, so they are based out there in Oregon, and all of their hemp is grown in Oregon. So yeah, their product is pretty badass. I'll let you guys try it when you guys come over. But um, yeah. <laughs> right now, I just want to um, I see you, Thor, and his father. So Thor, out there in Oregon, Polynesian CBD. Just want to let you know, I see you. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple ICUs. My first one is. For the sis Alora Love, um, formerly Alora Loco, but now Alora Love, a beautiful um, Tena Samoa trans girl. She grew up in Missouri. Uh, she lives in the East Bay right now. Uh, she is an amazing ballroom dancer, Voguer, House okay. of Amor. Uh, you can catch her on Instagram. Her her handle is Alora, A-L-O-R-A-L-U-V. Mm. Um, she's a very prolific and talented photographer as well. I have my deposit to get some headshots with her. Okay. Um, so hit her up. Check out her Instagram. Keep an eye out in the ballroom circuit. Um, she's up and coming, and she just keeps getting better and better. There's a ballroom scene here in the Bay Area? Oh, yes. Oh, I need yes, to be you do. I'm like with your fan. <laughs> I'm like, where you been? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then my other ICU, I was like, I'm gonna get in trouble if I don't do this ICU. My other ICU is for my father, Ekeroma Luayufi Iono, out there mm. in Rochester, New York, and his wife, New my York. stepmother, mm-hmm, Claudette Iono. They just opened their gym. My father. We moved back to the United States in 1996, and he started out working at the Jewish Community Center, like $5 an hour working the floor of the of the fitness center, um, worked his way up in the JCC, got up to be, you know, like assistant director status, worked there for, I don't know, like 15, 20 years, something like that, wow. and recently retired, and... Um, in this last year, he and his wife opened their own gym. It's called Island Fit. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, and they have their own facility. It's, like, hella fancy, you know, because, like, when we grew up, we were in, like, a little apartment together, you know, just making ends meet all the time. Grew up with my single father. And to see him and all that he has done with his training and his expertise, it's hella funny, though, sometimes, because I see him doing his, like, workouts, and they're just, like, lifting heavy shit. I'm like, y'all look like you're just doing chores, honestly. (laughs) That's the new wave of of working out is you move your body like you're working on the plantation. Um, But, uh, yeah, their their gym is called Island Fit, and they're also on Instagram. It's Island Fit. Uh, F-I-T-R-O-C. Go follow them. Check them out. They post videos. Um, Yeah, send them some love. Alora and my father, Ekeroma, and his wife, Claudette. I want to say, I see you. Nice. Mm -hmm. Your dad has a dope name. I like that. Ekeroma. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Do y'all call him Roma? Or or is he called Roma? Eke. 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 Oh, nice. Yeah, he has a lot of variations, though, because working at the JCC, everyone called Ike, Eek. Iki. Eke. Eke. Get it right. Get fit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, my ICU, I've, you know, I was talking about it in the bruh. Um, I want to dedicate my ICU to all of the native Hawaiian kupuna mm-hmm. who uh, put their bodies, put their lives on the line um, to protect Mauna Kea. All the, all the folks up there who are protecting the Mauna, I just want to give my ICU to all of you to recognize the importance of your kuleana, mm. right? So all of this to say that all the kia'i, all the protectors up there at Mauna Kea, I see you. Mm-hmm. Check out these announcements, y'all, and we'll be right back. The Essence of Mana Parent Project is a 12-week class that is designed to support adult family members develop communication skills and tips leading to more love and nurturing family relations. It's a free class, and for more information and to pre-register, please contact Nani Wilson at 650-243-4850. You can also tap in with her at nwilson at ours.org. That's nwilson at aars.org. Be sure to tap in, gain some skills, and reach out. All right, y'all. We're excited to finally get to our Chop It Up segment. I'm excited because we have this lovely and talented and gifted and most anointed woman in the studio with us. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like all sides, all, all sorts of cool. Rita. You just, you just swag. carry. Just swag. And that's the first thing uh, Danny Boy knows. Like when when I when I mentioned your name, he was like that girl that got swag. That girl that <laughs> like he loves your style. Mm-hmm. I, well, we both love your style, but that was one of the things that you just kind of stood out when the first time we met. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is this girl? And she's someone. <laughs> she coming here like all swagged out. Because mm-hmm. we first met Ruta over there at the um, the queer. Um, the Samoan queer y- lives yeah, Talanoa right. mm-hmm. at, at uh, City College in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, we noticed you. <laughs> you walked in. You was with your uh, with your friend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we noticed y'all because we was like, "Oh, that's just too much swag for right? this space." <laughs> this tall girl, chest out, just really just confident, knowing <laughs> knowing that this I'm safe right here. Mm-hmm. Y'all gonna see me? I'm be quiet. <laughs> like that's that Pisces Leo rising. I'm like I'm shy. Let me shine right now. <laughs> <laughs> what brought you to that um, that event in San Francisco? Uh, it's actually my friend. So the for hella long, because I grew up like um, pretty like disconnected from Samoan community, right? We grew up in Rochester, New York, and Samoans, it's like, we don't hang out. At least my family is like, you don't hang out with your friends? Who are these people? We're not going to hang out with the neighbors. It's like, we hung out with ourselves, and then, you know, and there also just aren't Samoans over there. So, mm-hmm. um, so I just, you know, I, I had my Samoan family in Samoa. Um, shout out Fasito'o, Malie, and I grew up in um, Alafua, really. But uh, um, had that family and then had our little family in, in Rochester, so I was really separated. And I was just like, you know, being queer, being afakasi, being just like a general, like, empath, like, weirdo, whatever, like, into my plants and, like, nature and all these things. I was <laughs> like, how am I going to connect with someone, community, and... And also, like, be myself, right? Because right. I, I have a tendency sometimes when I'm with my Samoan family where I want to be hella, like, good girl. I'm like, okay, let me put my skirt on. Let me, like, be all these, like, acceptable ways. And so it was actually, like, two years ago at Pride that my partner at the time, 
um, pointed out this person, she was like, that person has a malu. And I was like, Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> and we talked and talked. And it was another Afakasi person, this person named Fleur um, from Australia. And she put me on to all the people. She was like, oh, there's hella queer Samoans. Like, mm. let me connect you. Let me this, 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 and this. And so through Facebook, she connected me to Yuki. And then I saw that Yuki was coming through. Dope. And I was like, okay, I have to go. You know, and I was nervous too because I was like, especially being like Afakasi, especially not like having been around very much. Mm. And, you know, it's just this thing where I was like, oh, I feel nervous. So I brought my friend and, yeah. and we were just like, we have to go, you know? That's Absolutely. So cool. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you did. Yeah, me too. I know. Mm-hmm. So, Rita, tell us about, you know, like Dula. <laughs> I, I read some of that in your bio, but like explain mm-hmm. to the people about like what Dula is. Mm-hmm how long you've been in this Mm -hmm. like talk to us about that yeah so doula is basically a name for like a birth companion a birth worker um basically what i provide in that service one i I try not to use the word doula although i refer to myself that way um and it is just like the name that we have for it right now doula is in comes from the greek word for female slave Mm. um so we're not trying to like perpetuate that Mm. you know so we try to say like birth companion, birth worker, but a lot of times people are like, what? I'm like, a doula. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but a doula basically is a person that is going to be your like ride or die throughout pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm that person that is going to, you know, we usually have a couple prenatal appointments and we talk about, okay, like what what are your expectations? What are your goals with your pregnancy and your birth? What are your fears? You know, what are right. your questions? How are you feeling? I'm just that person that's like, gonna be your support person um who's gonna ask you all the questions and and hold like a non-judgmental space Mm. right um which i think is really important for people especially like female-bodied people birthing Mm. people in this patriarchal culture um where you know a lot of times women are told oh you're being you're being ridiculous you're being hysterical like you want to do what or you should do this you know so i'm that person that's like okay you want to do you want to like eat hella popsicles. Mm. Cool. This is why, you know, you feel like you really have a craving for red meat. Oh, it's because, you know, your bloody, your body's uh, blood volume is going to increase by two during pregnancy. And so it's really good that you continue to eat protein and high mineral stuff so mm. that you can actually have the building blocks to make blood for yourself and your baby, you know? Mm. And so basically I'm like, ideally I wouldn't have a job because... To me, like, especially in traditional cultures, there's, you know, it's your auntie, it's your cousin, it's your mom, it's your grandma that's going to attend you at birth, right? Right. Maybe they're not the midwife, but there's going to be a community of people around you that support you. Now, being like displaced people, colonized people, um, you know, we don't necessarily have that. And birth has been like really removed from the community to Mm. where it's like in a room away from everybody. People Mm. don't really know what normal looks like. We Mm. watch birth on TV. It's people... Their water breaks, they're screaming, they rush to the hospital, they scream, they scream, they scream, the baby comes out, they slap it, and that's it, you know? Mm. And so um, I'm that person, I'm like that stand-in auntie, friend, cousin, person that I'm not attached to the outcome of the birth, so I can give you really level-headed advice. Mm. You know, I'm like, of course I care what happens, and I care for my clients, but I'm not like like attached with that emotional attachment you know right, like you, right. we've all been to the hospital or had something where like our mom or you know some family members there and they're throwing in their two cents but it's because of their own ego their right. own fear their own attachment 
And um, I'm that person that's going to be like, cool, well, this is the research. This is my experience with it. What do you want? You know, Mm -hmm. what is important to you? What would you like to happen? You Mm -hmm. know, and just to be that person because, you know, ultimately I'm a doula because I want people to feel supported Mm -hmm. because I know what it's like to not feel supported, you know, Um, just to be real about that. You know, like we do a lot of healing work of ourselves through the healing that we do with community, you know, and so um, I really, you know, aim to support people in making like empowered decisions about their birth, um, to have consent in the hospital, to feel like they're taking ownership. They have ownership of their own experience rather than, you know, a lot of people come out of birth traumatized because they're just like, what the fuck just happened? You know, all of us have family members that have had like traumatic births Mm. and, um, it's just, it's yeah. So to answer your question, I'm, I do all of those things. I also, you know, I talk to people about making birth plans. I Mm. talk to them about like comfort measures in labor. If they want an unmedicated birth, we like make a game plan, you know, Mm Um, I attend birth in hospitals and also out of hospitals, home births, all the different kinds of things, Um, depending on what the people want or like how their pregnancy is going. I might offer like nutritional advice or support, Um, also might suggest some like herbal things. Just I'm just that like extra like best friend resource. And I'm like, call me anytime. I'll talk to you about all your shit. You know, and then it's also too like a lot of times people have like mixed feelings in pregnancy. The yeah. expectation on birthing people is they're going to be like, I love pregnancy. I love my body. I love my baby. And a lot of times it's like, you know, birth is ultimately that veil between life and death, you know, so a lot mm. of shit comes up. A right. lot of shit comes up and fear and, you know, and also giving birth in this culture and like, how the fuck am I going to pay for my baby or feed my baby? You know, all right. these things. And not everyone has space for that. And I'm the person I'm like, I have all the space for my clients, you know, Um, and experience and education to like back some stuff up. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you get into this work? Uh, My best friend got pregnant. Mm. Shout out Jenny and Chayu. Um, (laughs) My best friend got pregnant and I did the thing where I was living in, you know, I was over here on the West Coast. She was in Florida and um, I did the thing where I was like, oh, you know, definitely don't, you don't want to get an epidural and don't get a C-section. And I think you should drink, you know, all these throwing all of these like su- suggestions or just like things at her. But one, I didn't have experience. Two, I wasn't giving her like a full, okay, this is what you should do because this is why. And, you know, or not should, but like, I, I would recommend that you do this thing, you know? And so I was like, you know what, how am I going to like give my friend who she was, her partner wasn't here at the time. She was about to be mm. like living on her parents' couch, working full time because she's a fucking Taurus boss <laughs> and works hella hard. <laughs> and I was like, I need to be a resource rather than an opinion, yeah. Ooh. you know? And so I didn't know what a doula was at the time, but I just started reading about birth, um, reading about supplements, just doing all the research and and then so talking like to her about it. Self-made doula. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then um and then I went over and spent the last month of her pregnancy with her and we practiced like expressing breast milk and like going on walks and doing all the different stuff. And this is you voluntarily wanting to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Not just her saying, I need you over here. Yeah. You just felt Mm-hmm. super passionate about this mm-hmm. wow. and I had the time and space you know I had the privilege mm-hmm. at that time of just like 
I wasn't like working. I was just like traveling, doing my thing. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to come over. You know, she was like, you know, come be here at the birth with me. Uh But I was like, yes, I'm going to come. And we learned together. And after that, I was like, this is the bomb. (laughs) How long has it been? Six years. Six years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have to get certified for this? How many trainings in school do you? For to be a doula, like you don't have to be certified. Oh wow! You know because a, a, a doula is like a it's kind of like a casual community worker. Like mm. honestly, like I just did um, a I just facilitated a doula training with my friend Juju um, through the Roots of Labor Birth Collective out here nice. in the East Bay, and um, you know I was telling the people that came to the training like honestly, all I believe that you need to be a doula is to like be compassionate and non judgmental. Right. To have a person that's going to be there with you, who's going to like, you know, if the doctor comes in and says some stuff, be able to be like, okay, let's pause for a second. We're going to talk about this. Mm. And that, you know, to just be that person that's going to be a solid support person, you know, that to me is all it takes to be a doula. Everything on top of that is gravy. Right. Um, Because a lot of times people feel alone in their process, you know. Um, But there's a lot of trainings out there. there's no school for it. There's different organizations. There's like the doulas of North America, which I don't recommend. They're very like, like white middle class lady organization, mm-hmm. but a lot of people get certified through them. Um, there's trainings here in Oakland, Roots of Labor, Birth Collective, Sumi's Touch is a POC only mm-hmm. um, uh, birth training. So is Roots of Labor. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff out there, and you know honestly, but you could just read books. You know, read yeah. books and start volunteering your time, you know. And I feel like a lot of people that I meet who are birth workers already have been that person in their community that's, like, checking for their birthing people and for babies, you know. I would imagine that the, in the collective wow. you all come together to share mm-hmm. experiences and tips and yeah, there's, um, practices. Yeah, there's – we're trying to get more of that going in terms of um, skill shares. Mm. Um, but there is a monthly doula circle – the first Tuesday of the month, I always miss it to be transparent because I work and, (laughs) um, yeah, but my friend Ajira runs that and yeah, people come together and, and it's great. Like the topic this last month was like, how do you mentally, emotionally prepare your clients for labor? You know, and people Mm. just get to talk about it and also unpack because being doulas, especially in the hospitals, you see some crazy shit and it's triggering as fuck, you know? And that's a lot to hold. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Shout out to all the doulas out there. Right. Um, especially, so I first learned about what a doula was. Um, a, f- a friend of mine, shout out to Stevie. Stevie Like Wonder <laughs> out there in Long Beach. She's a mm. Chamorro and Puerto Rican sister, mm. and um, she's a doula. Yeah. And I really learned a lot, and I'm still learning a lot uh, through her. And so when I'm you know, meeting you and learning that you were a doula too, I was like, wow, there are PI women mm-hmm. who are doing this. Yeah. And then like you said, it's, it's, it's very similar to what it may look like in the family unit in terms of like when a young woman is giving or in, you know, is pregnant mm-hmm. and going through all the things that it's mom, it's grandma, it's aunties, mm. it's sister right. who are there that kind of could be like the doula, um, might right. play the doula role. Mm-hmm. And something I was thinking about was, do you often see um, Pacific Islanders, you know, like in your in your in your experience, request for a doula or right? Um, so in I have not. Mm. I honestly have not, and I think there's lots of reasons for that. There's I've definitely seen some like Filipino people come through, mm-hmm. um, but Pacific Islanders like 
Pacifica people, like right. I haven't seen. And I think, you know, there's there's a lot of initiatives right now to really try and reach out to um, Pacific Islanders to be receiving that kind of care and support. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's it's a double thing. One, like not being present and like showing up in the communities, you know, because I'm like Roots of Labor could have had a table at this at this thing that we're going to later today, you right. know. Right. Um, but then also it's that thing of like. A couple things. One, I feel like a lot of times when people hear the word doula these days, it's like the image is a like white hippie lady. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think when I learned what a doula was, I automatically seen, because I seen, there was like a show I watched mm-hmm. and they had a midwife. Right. And the midwife was like a, a brawly white woman. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the only image or exposure right. I had to right. this. So even to, you know, when I met Stevie and mm-hmm. yourself and just seeing how there's this community of Mm -hmm. um doulas who are women of color right i was just like whoa yeah you know we out here yeah y'all are here we out here yeah but and 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 it's you know to like really briefly unpack that it's really interesting because like that's indigenous ways of being you know Uh supporting each other showing up for each other loving each other and a lot of the the knowledge in midwifery care and also in doula care comes from indigenous people comes from the continent of africa comes from indigenous people from every continent you know and um and it just is the way that this world is where it's like, you know, I was talking to you about it, but it's like white folks handing us back the keys to our own information, you our know, own intelligence. right to our own mm. intelligence. And then and then it's like a barrier. Right. Um, and so, you know, especially I'm so grateful to be a part of of collectives and community of, PO, um, you know, black indigenous POC birth workers, because, you know, people it's it's. It's uh it's the most like intense, like personal, like intimate experience, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you're like opening up and giving life and like, you know, just it's very, very intimate. And um to you it's important to have people from our own communities serving us. Absolutely. Mm, right? Absolutely. And um so yeah. I mean, and something I'm thinking about because working in the working for the county, right? Mm. There's a lot of different uh, focuses on the Pacific Islander community Mm -hmm. uh, right now, right? And um, I know that when I applied for my position, part of the job description was to do pre- and postnatal work. Right. And I had to express to them that that's inappropriate for me to address that. I would not have the the access or the the permission to do that kind of work. One, or the, the main thing, being because I'm a man, mm-hmm. right? And what the fuck does it look like for me to <laughs> to be out here telling women, you know, X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. about pre and postnatal things, right? But also, it's culturally culturally inappropriate because, right. it's tapu. yeah, it's mm-hmm. tapu because I can't speak uh, in the sense of like a woman's body and right. talking to a, a room full of women about, right? You know, their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, there's there's uh, also um, a position in Alameda County, shout out to Milika uh, <laughs> Funaki, whose work is um, is uh, centered in pre and postnatal, uh, you know, just services, awareness, outreach for uh, her clients that uh, become a part of her program. Mm-hmm. And they're there to help in the, sen- the sense of like um, helping them go to their appointments, right? It's right. almost like doula-like. Yeah. It is. Mm. I mean, I like I'll just call that being a doula. Right, right. Being <laughs> a doula, know? where we could, where we could almost see like, 
there needs uh, for me I see like there needs to be some kind of partnership with like you mm-hmm. and Milika mm-hmm. to outreach to the community Ooh, to that'll be, be like good. yo that would be good there's these services and there's this dope ass service right. from you know this mm-hmm. from nice this uh, indigenous extremely sensitive <laughs> <laughs> dope ass woman named Roots community herbalist like, we will cry together we will cry together <laughs> so is there a certain trimester uh, where um, the doula is like where doulas come in play mm-hmm. or no it's all trimesters on it you know as with all prenatal care as early as possible is what's up just to like build rapport so right. like res- trust right mm-hmm. and and relationship um because if i come in at 38 weeks and you don't know me it's going to be a different relationship than if i've been knowing you since 15 weeks mm-hmm. and we've been like through all the stuff together yeah. you know and either way it's still um super valuable I think, you know, um, but yeah, I think, you know, as early as possible is really what's up. Mm. Uh, something that I also yeah. learned from a friend of mine who works in family health, mm-hmm. um, she actually, her, there's a lot of focus with um, with uh, black women, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. the uh, infant mortality mm-hmm. rate, um, and, you know, for black babies and with black mothers is, is very um high mm-hmm. right and what i what, what my friend told me was that in focusing on pacific islander mm-hmm. um babies as well as mothers that the in uh, the infant mortality rate is very very like mm-hmm. similar right yep. and so there, that's why there's so much attention mm-hmm. on trying to uh ensure that like these these services and these resources mm-hmm. are given out to um our, our pi our pi mothers are our black mothers, so that um, we can get those rates down. Right. Is there anything connected to, or do you know any? Is there anything connected to this in terms of like your work and your experience of seeing um, the infant mortality rates, or maybe something that you know, like you can see how we can close that gap? Right. Well, I mean, number one, we have to address like institutional racism. Right. Mm. Um, Because that's, you know, why can't people get to their prenatal appointments? You know, Mm, why can't people be getting the food that they need to grow healthy babies Mm. and, you know, and and not have like postpartum hemorrhage, you know, Um, like that's that's huge. Right. That makes me think about like what are the social determinants of Mm -hmm. of uh, health. Right. Like where are the. Where are the communities right. in which these folks live? Mm-hmm. What's the knowledge of of how to care or you know do these right. kinds of things? Yeah. And, and what's the capacity to access resources? Because mm. I think mm. that like because of racism, there's a story that all oh, people don't care. People, mm. you know, people just want to eat some bullshit. People just don't want to show up to their appointments on time. People da 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 da. And you know that could be true to some extent, but also like. You know, for me, I'm always looking underneath of like, okay, but like, does that person have someone to watch their other kids when they go to their appointment? You know, because, you know, you show up with all your kids to the appointment, they're going to look down on you in the office, Mm -hmm. you know, and even just like going and visiting care providers that aren't from your community and and don't necessarily know you or know what's going on with you, like, I think is a is a huge deterrent to going to, to see people because if you feel like you're going to get some shade when you're going to get your you know get right. taken care of like i'm you not gonna go. go right you know or if they're going to tell me something that is not accessible to me like or or outside so far outside of my comfort zone that i'm not going to do it 
I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, who the fuck cares if someone tells me you need to eat like, you know, seven organic apples a day or whatever, you know, just like the, the care needs to be tailored to the community. Mm-hmm. Right. And we really have to um, be able to like have that uh, like cultural context and also like humility yeah. to go into places and mm-hmm. and not be coming in because, again, there's that, you know, especially like. With the doula stuff, people are like, okay, you need this essential oil and you need this oil to massage this and, you know, you have to eat this and and don't do that and don't do this. And it's like, well, some people have to keep working. Some people have to, that's what we can afford to eat. Some people, you know, all these things. And so, you know, but then at the same time, I don't want to like perpetuate this poverty mentality. Like it is Mm. also too like coming in and and just working with community to like establish like what our values are, Mm -hmm. right? And be like, okay, cool, like, Maybe we don't spend money on this so that we can spend money on that, you mm. know, and like, how do we, it, it's just so much to, <laughs> to get into and untangle, right? Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, you know, um, how we can like bridge that, I, I love hearing about um, what, I forget that person's name is. Milika. Milika. Um, what Milika is doing and like connecting people to resources, like that is doula work. Because sometimes doula, doula work is not just like, balancing chakras and like making tea for your <laughs> for your clients you know which i right. feel like is is sometimes is the like perception sometimes sometimes it is just making sure shout out juju who is like out here doing hella work for especially like solo parents in the hood you know just people that like don't have access to resources and she always reminds me and reminds the people that she works with like sometimes being a doula is going over making sure that your client has eaten today Mm-hmm. you know or getting them and their kids packed up in the car so that they can go and see their provider you That's know right. and and we do what we can and so those you know that is doula service you mm-hmm. know and just you know there's so much work that we have to do to get to the place of like accessing culturally relevant ways of like being in health as mm-hmm. well Absolutely. you know how would, that. how would you like um doula to advance in our pacifica people Mm-hmm. in our community how would you like that how would you see it envision that honestly for me like my dream about it is to be able to have like talanoa with people in the community that yes. are interested because i'm i'm really anti like professionalism um i don't want people to feel like oh i have to take this training in order to be a birth mm. worker or to you know be a a support person but like let's just have community and see who shows out right um uh, and and talk about okay these are like common complications mm-hmm. in in our specific populations mm. you know and and how do we address them mm. what what these are common complications this is what it presents like how do we address it at the early signs and when do we know that it's advanced and we need to take sis to the hospital mm. yeah you know um, how do we and and also ask what do y'all need you know mm. because that's a big thing is a lot of times especially when there's like funding. People want to go in and be like, cool, we're going to make everyone pregnancy tea right now. And it's like, well, actually, everyone just needs gas money to get to their appointments, Mm -hmm. number one, you know. And so I think like community conversations is really what's up. And then I would love to see like monthly circles where people come together. I used to I did this for a little while. Um, So I, I worked at a midwifery practice down on the border between Sonora, Mexico and Arizona. Mm. Um, it was a birth center. And we started going and working with a community center in Naco on the Mexican side um, where we would have platicas, right? So it's Talanoa, but in Spanish. And people would come through, pregnant people and also their support people. 
and um, we would just present on a topic. You know, it would be like, okay, gestational diabetes, okay, preeclampsia, okay, uh-huh. you know, um, just like exhaustion during pregnancy, diet during pregnancy. We would do a little presentation, and then people would talk. And I think that that's, you know, like I was saying about being a doula, like I just listen a lot. Mm. Um, and, and when you open up the space, especially for birthing people, for women to talk and share their experiences, they'll be like, oh, yeah, my cousin, this thing happened to her. Yeah. And and I remember that this is what happened and this is what the doctor said. What do you think about that? And I just get to sit back or whoever gets to sit back. And I don't say very much, you know, ideally. I'm just like, y'all just talk because there's so like I feel like part of the de- decolonization process, too, is like accessing the wealth of knowledge that we already hold in our communities. Right. right? right. Um, and just being like. Okay, cool. Yeah, you do know about how to do that. And Mm -hmm. someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? When my mom was pregnant with my other siblings back in the islands, this is what she ate all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And just, again, like that's that like cultural like relevancy part. Um, But having conversations and just being able to have someone in the room when they're like, can you explain like what what is happening? Why, Why are people so hung up about gestational diabetes? Why are people so hung up about, you know, whatever it is? whatever complication it is or like why why do they decide to do Mm c-sections you know mm -hmm. i i had a birth and they told me that my labor stopped and that i wasn't having enough contraction so they just gave me a c-section can you like break that down Mm. and to be the person myself or whoever in the room that's like okay cool let's talk about this right Mm. just to like and that's you know in my bio i'm like i like to connect people to resources you know because i'm just like i don't want to be the expert on anything I'm not the expert on anything. I just like have had access. And so to just like kind of spread that access around. Spread Mm -hmm. that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Ah. So um, something I was thinking about in terms of indigenous uh, birthing, right? Mm -hmm. I was thinking about how I learned how when, you know, uh, a baby was born, you know, Pacific Islanders, we we waste nothing. Mm -hmm. We actually (laughs) find ways to or no we know we know that intelligently right going back to thinking about how we care for the land mm-hmm. um i learned that when babies were born you know that they would take the umbilical cord mm-hmm. or and the placenta mm-hmm. and they would do different things like plant it on the land mm-hmm. or plant it in you know at the ocean or mm-hmm. in the sea mm-hmm. and there was always this um this saying of like where where the placenta and the umbilical cord was buried is is telling of how the individual or like the individual who grows up will be like well uh, versed in like mm-hmm. tilling the land or mm-hmm. being a seaman mm-hmm. or like just just however right yeah. or, or just like even this idea around returning these you know like mm-hmm. these things to mother nature mm-hmm. right because it feeds it feeds the land mm-hmm. Um, that's beautiful but I know that you know western you know in western culture they just disregard those things right and Mm -hmm. so I don't know have um, in your experience when doing this work is is there folks that want to like uh, keep the umbilical cord and present to do things with it or do for sure you know Mm -hmm. and if you could talk a little bit about that right yeah yeah yeah. I mean is there is it I just think is it tapu to disregard? Right. You know those things. Well, let's. I mean, first of all, in the hospitals, if you don't take your placenta home, they put it in a biohazard bag and they send it to the dump, mm. legit to the trash. 
you know? Mm. And that's so intense to think about when you think about, like, you know, our people were, like, putting our placentas, like, that's a, the the whole, like, putting the placenta, like, on the plantation or, like, in the ocean is so beautiful to think about because the that organ, the you know, all of that is literally going and feeding those places. You put your mm-hmm. organ in, you know, you put the placenta in the reef, those fish, like, eat of you. And then you are going to go eat of them, you know, and that like reciprocity. Okay, Mm. talk about reciprocity. And so and and that's so powerful. And then there's other traditions, too, where it's like where you bury the placenta is where the soul returns to after death. Mm. Right. And then you think about all of our placentas in the trash, in the fucking trash. Like. That's intense. That is intense. It's intense. That way. And like, you know, I'm like, I have goosebumps. But like, you know, and especially as like Samoan people, like we like feel and believe like really, really deeply, Mm -hmm. you know, and like for our like souls to be connected to the dump, like that's fucked up, you know. And so there are a lot of people that are taking their placentas. Like I think. You know, there are people that consume their placentas. There's lots of traditions mm-hmm. of that in Chinese mm-hmm. medicine, mm-hmm. Um, other folks. Um, you know, there's, I just was talking to um, this auntie who, um, she's black from San Francisco. And I was like, she was like, yeah, my grandma, used, you know, had me eat a little bit of my placenta every birth. And I didn't have any of the hormone imbalance. None of my mm. hair fell, fell out. No depression. Come on. And that's like. You know, postpartum depression is a huge issue, is yeah. a huge issue, you know, and we don't, you know, people give birth and, you know, for nine months, 10 months, we're like all checking on the pregnant person and then they give birth. Everyone forgets about the pregnant person. Everyone's focused on the baby. Oh, say that. Mm. You know, and and people need emotional support, social support, and also nutritional support because your body just did a crazy intense thing. You know, your organs got all pushed around, and you had this giant baby growing inside of you, and then in the course of, you know, a couple hours, 10 minutes, whatever, that all that's out. Mm. And it takes so much care. And every, like, indigenous tradition has something where they're, like, wrapping up the belly. The mother has a special diet. They have mm-hmm. to lay down for hella long, you know. Mm. And um, and the placenta is part of that, right? And so I think some people get spooked because they're like, oh, if I'm going to save the placenta, I have to fucking eat it. Like, nah, that's disgusting. And it's like, okay, you don't need to eat the placenta. It might benefit you. Right. And, you, you know, you're not, like, cooking it up like a steak. You, like, dry it. Someone can hide it in a smoothie. Like, <laughs> yeah. my best friend at her, at her birth, she was like, I want the placenta in the smoothie. Do not tell me. I know I'm telling you to do it, and I know I know, but don't say it. Right, okay. right, don't right. say it to me. I was right. like, okay, That's cool. So Lots cute. of blueberries, chocolate in your smoothie. Here you go. <laughs> and, um, you know, so you don't have to eat it, but, you know, that same auntie showed me a video of her family, legit, like, and, you know, they're from San Francisco, hella generations from the Bay. Mm. She showed me a video. It looked like they were at the Berkeley Marina burying their the placenta, you know, just digging a hole and they had their little ceremony. They had the, yes. a little paper with all the intentions, all the wishes, all the blessings that they had for that baby Come on. and planting it in the earth, you know. And so we can do stuff like that, yeah. you know, and it, it's beautiful. And that's that's a that's a decolonizing thing as well, you know, where it's like one decolonizing because there's nothing like our bodies are divine, you know, mm-hmm. like we were blessed with these bodies, all parts of them. And so like nothing about it is in my opinion disgusting you know people are like oh the placenta that's nasty i'm like that is a fantastic organ that you just grew that fed your baby for nine Mm. months you know and you want to throw it away like let's 
take it home and bury it somewhere, right. you know, or at least throw it in the ocean, like something, not in a plastic bag where it's going to be sitting for hella long. Like, I don't even want to think what that looks like, you know, like, right. so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're like yeah. this amazing doula, right? <laughs> and this uh, flower practitioner, right? Flower so, essence practitioner. Uh-huh. Flower essence practitioner. Uh-huh. And you're also this community herbalist. Uh-huh. But I think what... <laughs> what I think is dope as fuck about you uh-huh. is that my girl's a gilgal dancer. <laughs> Newly. Talk, talk to us about that. How mm-hmm. did you get into that? What What's the um, the pleasure behind that? Like, does it like is it like a therapeutic for you? Like, because I know you love to dance. Because mm-hmm. girl, you can dance, girl. We've seen, <laughs> <laughs> we've seen it last night. <laughs> Not go go dancing. We were we were dancing at a at a bar. So uh-huh. people are gonna think like, oh, she was dancing. No, no. Uh-huh. But talk about that. Also, thank you for gassing me up. I admire I'm a, that. I'm a newly professional, um, but. You know, professional, I did it one time, but you know, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel so joyful dancing. I feel, my so... my friend Paz was like, every time you turned around, she'd be like, you're shaking your ass, you're shaking your ass, and you turn around, you look like a five-year-old on the playground, because I was just like, yay! <laughs> but I feel so joyful and free, you know, and, and it, it is therapeutic in a way, because especially in the society, especially like being a woman in this society, like I don't feel safe. Like I want, especially when I'm hot, I'm like, I'm trying to wear as little clothes as possible. Mm. I'm trying to like look cute. I want my legs oiled up. I want a short skirt, you know, like I want, I, I want to be that way in the world, but the world doesn't feel safe for me to be that way, right. to mm. be real. You know, it right. just doesn't feel safe, you know? And on top of the fact that like, you know, in our communities, like it's not chill for us to be walking around looking like, you know, all my, all my business out in the world. And so it's that, it's that double edged thing, right? Like, I feel like it's therapeutic because on one level I'm constantly unlearning the like virgin whore dichotomy. Uh, Right. Whereas like I either am like hella good girl or I'm like pamuku. (laughs) (laughs) And which like all love to y'all getting your coin and doing what you need to do, stay safe out there Mm. and get paid. But like, like, you know, and that, that dichotomy and that to me is like some colonial shit too, because we were talking about it and it's like, Mm -hmm. you look at the pictures from like when white people first got to Samoa, everyone had their susus out, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was the white person that was offended by that, Mm -hmm. you know, is the white person that's offended by all these aspects of our bodies that taught us that there's parts of our bodies that are like, you know, dirty or filthy or, you know, all these things. And I'm just like, I'm constantly having to undo that in myself. Um, was it Christian like? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, missionaries. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and and also like, yeah, it just it feels good to like take up space. You know, it feels good to be joyful. And I was very particular about where I was gonna dance at. You know, like right. I made sure. You know, this this cat came through the um this class that I was helping with, and I could tell he like really respected me. You know, he and he's you know and he's queer. And the the club is in the Castro. And so, you know, it's like putting myself in a position where I can be safe to move and and dance in that way. Also, shout out to Free the Cheeks Twerk Church in Oakland. Free Um, the Cheeks? Freedom Cheeks. You know, know, and shout out to these black femmes out here who like created this space to be on the floor dancing asses out, you know, and that place really like 
gave you know uh gave me the space to be joyful and sexual and I sensual love I love it. in a safe space because i'm like Absolutely. there's no there's one dude at class he's facing outwards and he's a security guard and he's also the son of one of the people attending class you know and so it, this really safe space to like move and express and be joyful because you know in the club when the beat's going i want to be nasty and like freak dancing on the floor but I don't want anyone to come talk to me mm, or touch me. Talk about that. Yeah. You, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, me being this Swan. way is not licensed to come and touch me. Mm. Right. You know? And so I'm usually like against the wall <laughs> and I have my friend, you know, and I'm trying to be like safe and protected about it. And so to be able, it, it, there's something about that like liberation of just being like, I'm going to be 150% out here in the world. Right. You know? And I know there's a lot of people that do that anyways, but for me personally, it's so healing because it's baby steps, you know? I love it. Mm-hmm. I so there's such yeah. decolonizing work in through your go-go dance. Yeah. Right? And it's not to, yeah, I feel like what I'm taking away from you sharing about this is that it, it should be the fact where, you know, maybe it's not just men, but anybody should give respect to another person who's expressing themselves mm. in a way, even if it's like, you know, like they're they're twerking or mm-hmm. whatnot. Like that doesn't give invitation to come and like mm-hmm. grope them or stand mm-hmm. behind them, mm-hmm. you know, and do all this kind of mm-hmm. shit. But like to you can you know like they're doing they they may be dancing and you can watch and you gotta give them respect to mm-hmm. like dollars <laughs> and show your respect by giving dollars. Okay, <laughs> make it rain. <laughs> But just thinking about like permission and consent, mm-hmm. consent. and res- respectability, right. or just respect, mm-hmm. right? And like uh, thinking about patriarchy, mm-hmm. thinking yeah. about men, and how you know the fact that these spaces don't feel safe right. because there's such a history of women being uh, mistreated or thinking, you know, thinking that they're objects, sexual right. objects, mm. right. um, that. That like we need to do better, mm-hmm. right? I'll speak speak for like men mm-hmm. as like needing to do better in respecting women and women's bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'll just plug too. I'm just like consent for everybody because some Word. of the most disrespectful people that I've encountered are white women at the club who want to come up to me and put their hands on me. I'm like, excuse me, get the fuck off of me, you know? So it's just like uh, deconstructing like entitlement. And I saw there was um, the there's this uh, collective called House of Malico, and they had an event last night to work for Mother Earth. And I love mm-hmm. they posted this thing that I didn't go to. I didn't go because we were having this early in the morning. But they posted this thing that was like about consent. They were like, "Come out, y'all. Be ready to come out tonight and consent. If someone is shaking their ass, you come over, make eye contact with them, maybe gesture like, can I have this dance?' And get a verbal yes or a no. Mm-hmm. If like yes, that. get down, have fun." If no, no, move along. Right. Just move along, you know, because we need these spaces to move ourselves. And especially, like, we hold so much in our hips. Mm. We hold so much in our hips. We carry stress, you know, we That's carry facts. burdens, you know. And to be able to, like, move and release these things joyfully is really important. It's medicine, mm. you know. Um, and that the world that we live in, you know, because of white supremacy, because of patriarchy, because of colonization, doesn't feel safe for my body to, like, do that. Right. You know, and it's so much more powerful to do it in a group. I can do it at home in the mirror all day. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. it's important, you know. I will say, Roots, when I, when I seen you come out with your Ofo one and, and all that shit, I said, oh, my God, look at her hips. Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> Where did okay, hips come from? 
Get them childbearing hits. <laughs> childbearing <Yeah>. hits. <laughs> you know I what? I didn't even know all that Mooli was here. <laughs> you know what I love so much about like you putting yourself out there as far as like even go-go dancing? Mm-hmm. Like you're just unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you post it as like how you passionately post doula. You mm-hmm. know, it's like this is still a part of me. Right. And it's there's nothing degrading about it. Nothing right. to me. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's also this. It's mm-hmm. like so many elements. Yeah, so right. many great elements, but mm-hmm. there was nothing like impure about it. Even watching right. you dance, um, I was like, okay, Patricia. <laughs> like <laughs> kind of read it. Maybe help help listeners because I used to think go-go dancing was just flat out oh these dirty girls these mm-hmm. girls you know it used to be something mm-hmm. that people used to view as like dirty shameful shameful mm-hmm. yeah like t- tell us about your experience and your intentions when you do it mm-hmm. I mean you maybe know maybe not intentions it's just your experience yeah my experience is joyful it's yeah. joyful it's and also it's a little bit scary to be real and I'm very choosy about like I said I was like I knew that this homie hella respected me. I clocked him for a minute and I was like, this dude's party is who I'm going to dance for. Uh-huh. And sure enough, the first time I went to the party, he was like, do you want to come dance? I was like, yes, I do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, making sure, you know, inviting my friends, you know, being, I'm not going to be as some like straight dude club, mm. you know, necessarily because I personally have too much trauma to like handle all that fucking mm. energy, right. you know? And so I'm like, I go to queer parties mm. and, you know, and not to say that queers aren't fucked up too. Like I said, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the, the likelihood is less. Right. And mm. it's for me, it's really good for like, it's, it's a way to, to um, feel scared, feel trepidation, feel anxiety, but work through it and like be joyful in it, you know? And and practice boundaries always. That's the biggest part, always. right? Is boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to just take another uh, another lane mm-hmm. real quick because we're we're just unpacking so many of the hats mm-hmm. that you wear, right? As a doula, <laughs> so um, as a newly uh, instituted go-go dancer. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> also, um, what kind of specialist? A, a flower oh, essence. A flower essence practitioner. Practitioner. Mm-hmm. Right. And you mentioned earlier that you, your identity, you are an afakasi, mm-hmm. right? Afakasi. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to address that a little bit and yeah. unpack it. Mm-hmm. You're Samoan mm-hmm. and um, Balangi, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, we've had the pleasure of having um, uh, Afrotene on, mm-hmm. on the on the show Yay. a few times. And we had a conversation about, like... Um, just even just the word uh, Maya Uli. Right. Right. And unpacking that, uh, unpacking her experience, hearing from her about her experiences as a black and Samoan woman. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very special to hear about like your experiences as a uh, Samoan uh, and Palangi woman. Mm-hmm. Right. And like how, I guess my question is, is like what has your experience been like as a Afakasi. Uh-huh. <laughs> Complex. Complex, right? <laughs> Complex. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been really complex because it's, it's constantly being in that place of, like, being in two worlds. Like, where do I actually fit in, you know? Right. Um, I, like, experience a lot of sense of, like, responsibility for, like, bridging things, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, looking how I look, having access to the spaces I have access to, like, I... 
I have access to like so many resources and I also have like a tolerance for bullshit. And I also feel like it's my responsibility sometimes to deal with some like stupid white bullshit because I'm just like, okay, here we go. All right. I'm going to like educate you right now. Although honestly, I've been doing that less because I've been like having better boundaries. But, you know, it's it's interesting because for the first five years of my life, I, I primarily grew up with my mother, my mother and my father. But we were in Japan. My dad was a professional rugby player over there and I kicked it with my mom a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to San Francisco. My parents got split up and then my father was my primary caretaker. Mm -hmm. And so that was interesting. I was sharing with you yesterday, like looking my brother and I are both like really light skin. We have green eyes mm -hmm. and my dad is dark. He looks Samoan as fuck, you know. And so it was really interesting, especially growing up on the East Coast. People would look at us like we would go out to restaurants and my dad would be like, those people don't think I stole you guys, you know. <laughs> and it's like and that's intense. Like we always just yeah. kind of grew up with this sense of like people are people like don't trust us. People mm -hmm. just don't understand who we are, you know. And then. Yeah, just being myself, it's that, like, I don't know, I was talking about it, too, with that responsibility. My family was hella, like, you grow up in the United States, you look like you look, you better fucking become a doctor or a lawyer or something, something, something. Mm. And it's just, like, you know, for a minute I tried, but I was, like, my heart's not in it, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know, it's interesting. It's, like, I, I, I refer to myself sometimes as being, like, white passing or white presenting, and then I have friends that are, like, no, you're not. I'm, like yeah i am and you know it's it's complicated it's a lot right. of feelings right because right. especially because i i have a, a, a white mother but i didn't really i wasn't raised by her mm. you know like we grew up going to samoa a lot i lived in samoa for a year growing up you know went to school lived like a very typical samoan girl life you mm -hmm. know nice, and so nice. and it was nice, but it was also kind of traumatic, to be honest, because yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> why, why do I have to do this and he doesn't have to do anything? Like, I don't understand, you know. And But I've had the values, like, deeply ingrained in me, but then to not be read as anything on the outside by people mm, or right. people tend to forget. People treat me like, oh, I'm just like another white person or like exotic white, something like that. Um, it's complicated. And I've, I find myself having to, like, you know speak up a lot mm -hmm. right and um you know and it's even complicated like getting more connected with like um pacific islander community right because i'm constantly checking myself of like okay like i don't want to take up hella space mm. but i also like want to honor that like this is my ancestry you know and yeah, it's not just this like this is yours too right? right and it's not like some distant ancestry it's like you know i know where i'm from yeah and i've been where i'm from and i've like you know, it's it's a it's it's complicated. <laughs> is there like specific stuff you want to talk about? No, no, no. I mean, yeah. it's really what you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that that complexity mm -hmm. is is the conversation, right? right. Because there is, um, it's very near and dear to my heart, right? Mm -hmm. Because I grew up, I grew up where my mom's side of the family, on both her mother and her father, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of white blood, mm -hmm. right? Like my great grandfather a lot of, yeah, just a lot of my ancestors mm -hmm. are, look very white mm -hmm. or, like you said, very uh, exotically white. Mm -hmm. um, but there was this whole idea of, like, you know, we, we, were, we could advance more right. because For of sure. the fair skin. And there's that yeah. ideology, I think, at least I know, that exists in um, different, you know, like Samoan, Tongan mm -hmm. communities is that, like, the fairer you are, the, mm -hmm. the more valuable and the more... Mm -hmm. Uh, desirable you are right? right or the 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 more you're likely to 
be married. Right. Married off, right? And right. and white supremacy. Yeah, white supremacy. I mean, even thinking about like how, you know, my grandmother, you know, she's very white passing and, and I'm constantly having to you know, like when folks ask, like, Oh, that's your grandma? Okay, so that's where the white comes from right. and it's like well, yeah, there's white and there's also Tahitian and Samoan. Like, mm-hmm. the, the blood is there. Right. And ha- constantly having to negotiate that. Right. And understanding, you know, just the plight of her existence and right. wanting to be accepted by, right. the, communi- by the community. Right. Um, has just been a, 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 con- a constant struggle. Right. Throughout her life. To where the point of, like, my mom being like, well, I am all of those things and you either accept me or you don't. Right. And so she's very just, like, Connected to all kind of mm-hmm. communities, um, and also you know her Samoan uh, identity as well. Right. But she's also in tune and in touch with other communities mm-hmm. because for a long time she was, um, she was like made to not feel welcomed. Right. Right in Samoan spaces because she didn't look it. She was more fair. Right. And I just think it's interesting um, that whole. I always call it the the plight of the the palangi right or the apakasi <laughs> <laughs> because it's like um, existing in both of those spaces. Right. And I always I always uh, refer to like my the my white ancestors or whatever as like mm-hmm. yeah I got colonizer blood in mm-hmm. me but I really don't acknowledge it or like mm-hmm. know it because I'm not connected to right those fam like the family or yeah. our family is rooted with the colonized. The colonizer and the colonized. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, right? Because, well, a couple of things. One, like even the term afakasi, I'm like, what the fuck is that shit? Like half cast? Like right. I'm not half a person. Right. You know, I'm not half of anything. Like That whole blood quantum thing, right? right. About like, okay, are you really someone? Because you don't look someone. And then right. like how much of it, oh, your father was only half, so you're like 25%. Yeah, exactly. You know, that just gets into that whole... And that's some shit. And that's slope. And it's hella colonized mentality. Right. Yes. Right. It's hella colonized mentality. And like, you know, my friend Fleur was reminding me that like, you know, before colonizers, if people had some like mixed up babies, like that's that's still my baby. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. Right. And like we're raised up in these ways, you know. And yeah, it's interesting, too, because like I don't like I identify as Samoan because yeah. I was yes. raised as Samoan okay. and my family yes. did not let me forget although it was complicated right because going back to Samoa they'd be like oh you think you're some Palangi girl you want to just go like hike around on the mountain you're not Palangi you stay home and clean you know yeah. and then I'm like okay cool I want to like go hang out with my cousins I like, you're Palangi <laughs> <laughs> you think you can just go out there? they're going to take advantage of you stay home I'm like oh shit you know <laughs> and so yeah, it it is a complicated thing and and you know, I don't I, I don't have that much relationship with with my mom's side and that mm-hmm. ancestry because she doesn't either, you right. know. And so it, it's it's a lot of like um unpacking, you know, to be transparent, a lot of like second guessing myself, a lot of like really checking for myself because I'm like am I trying to be this kind of way because I want to present as this thing or who am I? Mm-hmm. And even yesterday when at you know, at the rally and they're like, okay, like pick a place that feels like home, you know, and feel that in your body. In that mm. moment, I was like having a mini crisis because I was like, where is that? Where is that? You know? Mm. And honestly, for me, it was the desert. Mm. Like hella out of left field. I was like, okay, cool. This is the first place that I felt home, home, home. Right. You know? And so, um, yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just wanted to touch on it a little bit because 
Yeah. It is. It, it, it makes me think about the conversation we had back with Kiana about um, Samoan-ish. Mm. Oh, right? And gosh. like how Specs mm-hmm. and I, you know, like... We, we struggled with that. We struggle, you know, right. with like the, the biggest thing, right? Many of us is the loss of language. Mm. Right. Right? Which is like why something like Samoan language class mm-hmm. is so important is because it's like a... It's like we have an opportunity to reclaim what was lost right? Um, because of different ideologies rooted in colonization mm. within right. our families, right? right? I know on my mom's um, maternal side, right, it was this this idea of, like, no, only speak English in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, do all these things that can help you get ahead. Right. Um, you know, you got you, your white presenting. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can just fit in better. Right. And so then that the that lineage mm. to culture gets diluted yeah right and yeah. so like now we have folks like us here who are just like speaking Samoan English <laughs> yeah. you know right. and, and like or or have been shamed because we don't know certain things or right. we don't speak well um to where Kiana was like nah fuck all of that yeah you right. know what I mean like you are Samoan mm. right because yeah. you have you know your ngafa your roots your mm. Uh, lineage right. is connected to Samoa. Right. Whether, you know, the if we're going to look at blood quantum or whatnot, no right. matter if there's a drop of it, you are it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's always just really important that we hear from these different experiences of of um, Pacific Islander, mm-hmm. Pacific Islanders in the diaspora. Right. Right. Samoans in the diaspora here in America because we're very different from right. Samoans or Pacific Islanders mm-hmm. in New Zealand. Right. Or... Right. In Rochester, New York, you know <laughs> what I mean. But we're all connected still, right. yeah. and it's just something that I always want to make sure we touch on about the complexity of our experiences, mm-hmm. and that they're very nuanced, right. and that we're all different but connected, right? You know. So let's really quick, because um, I kind of want to. It's going to remain kind of in this topic, but I, I want to talk about um, privilege mm-hmm. and responsibility real quick. <laughs> in all right we just talk about a whole bunch of shit so we got privilege and responsibility mm-hmm. but because we spoke about it off air but i wanted uh, t- um for us to kind of touch on it like mm-hmm. how do you um how are you using your your balangi privilege mm-hmm. for the betterment of like the poc right well it's interesting because you know part of the complexity of that experience is that through like being around a bunch of white folks, I got connected to a bunch of indigenous practices of like, you know, not straight up like a, there was a lot of appropriative shit, which I was like, no, mm-hmm. but like, you know, being connected to like wild food harvesting, mm-hmm. being connected to using herbal medicine, mm-hmm. being even int- reintroduced to midwifery mm-hmm. and, and like quote unquote doula work, you know? Um, and so for me, like I had, I've had the privilege in my life of like, I fucked around for probably like five years. Not really fucked around, but in terms of like Samoan like expectations, I was not in school. I was not working a job. My dad kept being like, why don't you go work at a bank? I was like, what? (laughs) But then, you know, at the same time, I'd be like, I just want to like make a fire and like, you know, live under the sky. He was like, I did that. You are hella rude for wanting to Mm. say that to me because I worked hella hard to get out of that and Mm. you're going to come back to that. 
But then there's this part, too, of, like, decolonization, mm. right? Because it is these practices of being connected with the elements, being connected with the earth, looking at the, scar- the stars, like, you know, feeling the wind on my face and really having the space and the privilege to, like, soak that in mm. that I feel like I carry that into my work with with POC people because I'm like, I've had this. I've had a Mm. taste of what it feels like to like, you know, with all my privilege because I like had food stamps and like Mm. could stop when I wanted to, all these things. But like, you know, all of what I've learned from from those years of like having the space to just explore and like get in touch with myself, Mm -hmm. I bring that to the table because I'm like, yeah, okay. And I learned about this thing. And how are we going to like put it in the cultural context? You know, mm-hmm. I understand it's so fucked up that like it's white people that like had enough distance from their own colonization that they've like come back around to wanting to like re indigenize or whatever. Mm. But like, which I think is a really stupid term, but um, like, but I'll be real that like th- that that was my access point, you mm. know, yeah. to be like, oh, okay, right. Like, you know being naked in some water you know like you know sleeping on the ground like on the ground ground underneath the stars waking up in the middle of the night and like having the moon shining in my face you know Mm. all these things that like for whatever reason like my dad didn't want to go camping growing up he's like I grew up like that why would I do that you Mm. know but like as as we're going further along into like the whatever the 21st century we're seeing that like you know, capitalism is is destroying all of us. It's destroying yeah. the earth. You mm-hmm. know, and so for me to be like, yeah, I I've, I would feel comfortable like, you know, making a fire, cooking some food, trapping some food, harvesting some food. You know, whatever. Like, knowing where to get water from. No, you know, all these things. Like, what plants I can use to like, you know, heal this or support this or whatever to like. Um, to make us less dependent on capitalism and less dependent on colonization. Mm. I feel like that's what I want to bring to the table always, right? Mm. Like I've, I have experienced, albeit like supported by food stamps and like mm. with the option to leave always, but I have experienced that sense of like connectedness and I have experienced the other option, right? right. Um, in a way that, you know, bless our parents, they didn't ever want us to experience because it was struggle. You know, because of colonization and probably just, you know, because living on the plantation is like hella fucking hard work. But like there are other ways of existing. And it's like really doing that, like untangling of Mm. our like uh, dependency and attachment to like the quote unquote benefits of capitalism that like keep us rooted in like, you know, perpetuating the shit that destroys Mm. us. Looking at that, that native Hawaiian woman who's up there on the Mauna, like speaking in her native tongue to these people is like well why don't these people just like fucking quit their job because they know they know in their blood that this is like this is sacred and this is not right you know but they have to feed their families and and they know it because even the way they treated the the kia'i right mm-hmm. the protectors is like they carried them out with care mm-hmm. well you know you know the most respect the most respect possible that <laughs> they could right like mm-hmm. they what what we've been seeing in in terms of like law enforcement and their treatment of uh, black and brown bodies, right, and just the killing of so many, is that like we we could have easily seen that mm-hmm. with uh, with the kiai up there and, and the law enforcement, but like there is such a connectedness between mm-hmm. um, their identities, but the but the institution that they represent is putting them between a rock and a hard place, mm-hmm. and they're still having to do their job, quote unquote. Right. 
while still trying to hold up their identity and values as culture, as Hawaiian, yeah, yeah as in culture. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a kind of roundabout response, but it's just like, you know, the, and even the privilege of like, I work in an herb shop that like mm-hmm. is funded primarily by white people that I find totally like distasteful. You know, I'm just like, I can't fucking believe I have to deal with you right now, you know, but they pay the bills, right? And so if I'm, if I have the capacity to like deal with some stupid shit, then I can still hold space there and be at the store when the community comes through. And yeah. you're like, what's up? Let me like make you some tea right now, you know? Right. And it's just that like, you know, I I have the all the privileges associated with that, that I can be in that space, nice, that I can nice. make money, you nice. know? Um, but then that responsibility of of dealing with that shit so that I can like kick the benefits outward. Nice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. So much. So much to. Uh, it's complex. Right? It's complex. <laughs> so much. Wow. Man. <laughs> I dropped the mic right there. <laughs> right? <laughs> we we done hit a lot. And mm-hmm. I, I just really thank you for your just your talanoa. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to share this space with you. It's really important. Mm-hmm. And you've given us so much, you know. And, right. And I, um, yeah, I'm just, there's, there's, there's so much. There's so much that I feel like we can just land it right there yeah. and mm-hmm. let it sit and sink. There's so many pluses about that time. You know, we got to. We got to get ready for the next thing. We're we about to head out to the Tifa Imoana event mm-hmm. out there in uh, Alameda County. Um, but, you know, just once again, just want to say thank you, Roots, for being here and mm-hmm. for sharing. Thank you so much. Your, thank you. Your experiences, your knowledge, your energy. Um, it, it's it's a blessing to to share space with you. Thank you. And Likewise. thank you to all the listeners who've mm-hmm. been tapping in, man. You know, this is a... It's a heavy conversation. Mm-hmm. We touched a lot of things, um, you know, but as we always do, before we get up out of here, we always want to check in. Mm-hmm. We, we want to um, tell tell the people how they can find you, contact you real quick. Oh, word. Uh, you can find me. Honestly, I'm not going to say Instagram because I, I don't. Whatever, I'm hella protective about my Instagram, so That's I can right. put yeah. all my booty pics on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can email me. Um, so I, you see, he's just asking people to really add find you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, booty pics? Where is she? <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna go through our <laughs> through our followers. <laughs> yeah, um, can't add at you anymore. Right. Um, uh, you can email me. So I I work with a birth collective, but I also have an independent practice. I don't have a website currently, but um, Masina Fo Birth Services. My email is Masina Fo M A S I N A F O U thirteen one three at gmail dot com. Um, you can hit me up at that email. Um, questions, referrals, whatever you want. Word. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you. Thank right you so much. Yeah. Thank you. So how y'all gonna take care of yourselves this week? For sure, I'm gonna take care of myself by unpacking. I just moved into a new place, so I'm excited about that. But I need to unpack some stuff. I'm just, it's still a mess, so you guys will see when you guys go like, Maybe y'all can help me clean. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just gonna unpack. Gonna emotionally too, emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, physically. I'm just gonna. Really stick to that word, unpack for the week. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Watch you, Roots. 
Um, See, I'm I took gonna... Danny Boy's nickname for you. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's nice. fine. Um, I'm going to go to bed before midnight. <laughs> before midnight? I'm going to try. I could dig that. To go to bed before midnight. I could dig that. Nice. Period. Um, I'm going to take care of myself this week by having more raw vegetables in my hey, diet. Started Man. with that cucumber this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it popping? Yeah, it was really good. It was mm. nice and crunchy. I was telling Roots, I was like, I don't normally eat this, but you know, it's cool. It's a phallic symbol. I can, I can fuck with this. Like eggplants. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I really do like eggplant. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> Take care of myself again, some eggplant. <laughs> Ooh, man. It's been good. It's really been good having you here, Roots. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and your energy. Um, as always, y'all, you can tap in with us for the cultures on social media. All of all of the um, social media. Well, not all of them, right? We're only on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Tap in with us at for the cultures with a Q and a S, mm-hmm. and you can also email us anything. You know, any props, mm-hmm. any uh, problematic shit we might have said. <laughs> you know, you just want to show some love. You got a question. Mm-hmm. Anything. You got a shout out. You got some ICUs that you want yep. us to uh, to recognize. Just hit us up, y'all. Tap in with us. You can email us at For the Cultures with a Q and the S at gmail.com. Other than that, we're going to see y'all on the next episode. Pana, you got anything before next we dip up out of here? No. I'm just excited to start our weekend. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and before we get out of here, one more time, we want to say Ku Kia Imauna. Kia Imauna. Aole TMT. Aole TNT. And power to the people, protect Mauna Kea. Yes. Do all you can to spam, you know, spam yeah. for Mauna Kea. Again, we're going to put all of the um, the resources that were given out by the students at UC Berkeley to, again, email the partners of the University of California Institute mm. of Technology, mm-hmm. uh, tag on social media, also hashtag, uh, call partners. And, again, um, any links that we may, that uh, we're going to um, put up so that folks can contribute to the, to the bailing out of our kupuna, of our women, of our men, of our children who are putting their lives mm-hmm. on the line and their bodies up at Mauna Kea. Mm-hmm. We see y'all. Yes. Uh, power to the people, and we up out of here, y'all. Peace. Peace. Love and happiness. This episode is brought to you by Tone Vai and Nia Ve'eve'a. Thank you for your generous donation and continued support of this podcast. We see y'all. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture.